855-450-3. That's the SACL toll-free call in line. 855-450-3733. It's the live Thursday night edition of Free Talk Live with Mark and JJ. You can call in, talk about whatever you want to talk about. You might know notice that uh, Ian is conspicuously absent. Well, here he is. Yes, he is. Uh, he's off at the one of the the town, or the, the the city meetings, city council, meeting. city council meetings regarding the Bearcat. Well, supposedly there was some talk earlier in the week that the council would not take any sort of vote uh, on the Bearcat issue because uh, the Terry Clark, one of the councilors who objected initially. Would not be there. He's he's on vacation at the moment. So they're there just to make sure that they don't do something that they're not supposed well, to do. Well, that and earlier this week in Keene, there was an incident that uh, you probably talked about on the show involving a man who had a domestic dispute and then ended up walking uh, out of the house, grabbed his gun, went and headed towards the forest. And that elected a response from the state that involved... Numerous police cars, police agencies, as well as a helicopter. helicopter. They even got and bears dogs. in the air. And dogs. Yeah. Now, now, mind you, I've seen bears just outside of my place of residence here in Keene, and it was no big thing. There was a moose walk through the middle of town not too long ago. Yes. So that there is wildlife in the woods, is yeah. what I'm trying to say. Sure. And it, it comes and greets you. Now, if you go to the woods and greet it, well... I think I'd prefer to have a gun with me. Yeah, a man in the woods with a gun upset with his wife and and uh, the town I live in is just everyday life. Yeah, <laughs> trap shooting. Uh, it, back uh, where I came from, Milwaukee, they had they had trap shooting right off the uh, the cliffs into Over Lake Michigan, and mm-hmm. so that would definitely be a place where a lot of angry guys who've had an argument go with their guns. It's not yeah. unusual. So anyway, that uh, that occurred, and what's what's the city council going to uh, do about that? Precisely. As far as I know, no one's been charged in that incident. The guy, quote unquote, turned himself in to the police after he probably found out they were looking for him, probably didn't know at all. This is just a bunch of hyper vigilant people going, oh, God, something's going to bad happen. Well, and, and, you know, locking down the schools, it was just the whole the whole incident was just ridiculously over sensationalized as far as I was concerned. And. I, I don't know what I think he I I heard from a coworker that he was charged with some domestic um related incident okay. but even if that's the of case course, that makes them look better right well yeah that, that doesn't exactly make them look good because the fact of the matter is is the guy left the place after whatever incident had happened then the big to do was had you know all the helicopters and dogs mm-hmm. and there was nothing to charge him for during that time period right which is kind of but that's not how the average person looks at it. Well, he did something bad. He got charged. Well, they spent a heck of a lot of money. They sure to did. Track down this guy who turned himself it's in. It's okay. It was a local radio station really made out. I mean, imagine some people listened to their radios a little longer that morning and got to hear some more commercials. Yeah, that's what I heard. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. So, do you think the city council is going to talk about that in any I, way? You know what? I think they might. They might try to uh, use this sort of leverage point of the incident and basically leapfrog off of that and saying oh my god the sky is falling and we need tanks yeah well they're certainly going to try to get that uh that bear cat and it's getting it's getting a lot of uh attention the huffington post had an article by radley balco regarding it yep and i'm sure that ian will talk about that once he uh gets back so i don't want to beat that horse that he is liable to kill here shortly <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know it's it, 
it, it, it's interesting that uh, the activists here managed to get some national news out of it. Uh, that's a that's a very good thing. I don't suspect anything's going to stop that bear cat from showing up, though. No, I, as as far as I'm concerned, and the city councilors, especially if you've watched the uh, WMUR report, Mitch Greenwald is behind it. He is the chairman of that mm-hmm. that sort of little committee. And uh, he is definitely one of the more prominent members of the city council, being a, a large landowner and real estate agent here in town. Sure. So I think personally that, that the police are going to get what they want yep. in this town. From what I've understood with interacting with the locals, especially people who grew up here and don't associate with these circles that uh, contain liberty activists, they they have told me that between the Historical Society and the police department – those two agencies they run the get town. what they want yeah and you know there's there's it seems it seems clear that that's what's going to happen that they're going to get what they want i recommend if people are concerned about the uh the police uh, stating of america and i am um it seems to me that all these uh, police agencies just love the color black you know they they love to wear their uh, you know their helmets that look like the old uh german style helmets from world war ii they love to wear their black outfits and their boots uh, with their pants tucked into them and of course, black boots, black pants, black shirts, uh, you know, black uh, Kevlar vests that say police across them, uh, black sunglasses. I mean, you know, it's just it's like this uniform that they all wear across the United States of this urban uh, military force. Yes. And this is just a military vehicle. I recommend they get the Bearcat and they paint it pink with daisies and la- ladybugs on it. Sure. That way. At the very least, yeah, they, they get the equipment they're talking about. They say, we desperately need this equipment. Bad things can happen. And, you know, fine and dandy. And I, I just, for one, I don't think they're not going to get it. Right. Um, I, I don't believe they need it. But it's free, and the city council is going to go for it. Now, I think that some city councilors are going to lose their seats over this because this is this kind of simple issue that they very well could lose their seats over. But, um, you know, I say get the if, – if it's really not about we're tough stormtroopers of death, then paint it pink. Sure. What's exactly. the big deal? Paint it pink. So anyway. Um, well, and you, that whole, the whole idea, just to get back to the, a point you made there about the, the police and their dress, is the image that they want to take on. They, they don't have like the old-timey image of a peace officer no. wanting to help people and maintain the peace, be that nice guy that gets the cat out of the tree or directs the child home, those sorts of things. They want that hardcore you know, gangsta type image where they are they are supplying the force necessary to bring this guy down. Yep. They're an urban soldier. Yeah. Is what uh, they, they see themselves as. And the story I want to start out with here is another case of, uh, you know, those in power overstepping their bounds. Uh, this one is it's actually from the Daily Mail dot co dot UK. And it, but it's about a North Carolina four year old. A preschool girl was told her homemade meal wasn't healthy enough, so a school cafeteria monitor made her eat chicken nuggets instead. Geez, that that doesn't make any sense at all, Mark, because as far (laughs) as my thinking is concerned, chicken nuggets aren't very healthy. Uh, if it, it, I, you know, they could be breaded instead of deep fried, which would give them, you know, I suppose some step up. The rejected meal consisted of a turkey and cheese sandwich on whole wheat bread with a slice of a banana, uh, excuse me, with a side of banana, uh, potato chips, and apple juice. Wow, that sounds like a, a very thoroughly healthy meal. Sounds me. fine. I mean, I wouldn't call it, uh, you know, healthy, but I wouldn't call it unhealthy either. 
I think if based on my standards of bringing lunches to school, okay, let's. I had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich usually, um, some piece of fruit that I didn't eat. Uh, I ate the, like the cookie treat and like drank some milk. So if this this yeah. child is eating, you know, fruit and then I can't see I, this as being anything but an ordinary bag lunch. Sure. I mean, this is what people make. So what got me so mad is, number one, don't tell my kid I'm not packing her lunchbox properly, the mother from North Carolina, who wished to remain anonymous, told a um, local newspaper. And, right, that's for one thing, you are undermining the the, the parent's place in, in this situation. I packed her lunchbox according to what she eats. And, and by the way, I mean, you know, it's not like there should be anything to apologize for in this lunch. There's nothing to apologize for. Right. It's a turkey and cheese sandwich, some potato chips, a banana, and some apple juice. Um, it always, let's see, it always consists of a fruit and never of a vegetable. She eats vegetables at home because I have to watch her because she doesn't really care for vegetables. The Department of Health and Human Services requires students to eat vegetables, that, uh, excuse me, lunches that eat consist of meat, milk, grain. Are you hearing any of these things that aren't in this meal yet? Okay. Uh, and two servings of fruit or vegetable. Well, it sounds like the apple juice and the banana is two servings of fruit. Bing, 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 bing. Wow. Yeah, I, I don't get it. Uh, this, this story goes on and it's strange, strange. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Have you had to deal with the lunchroom police? Do you think that this is a proper role of a of a cafeteria monitor? Hmm. Because this girl but had been singled out. Eight five five four five zero free. Free talk live. Americans are losing their wealth. People are rioting in the streets. For years, the American people have ignored the assaults on our liberty. The book in plain sight, The Disregarded Truth, not only reveals the truth and the deceptive tactics that have caused the decline of our liberty, but also identifies and explains how we, the American people, can restart what was once a free America. It's time to wake up, protect our liberty, and return the government back to its proper role. It's time to know the truth. Order in plain sight. The Disregarded Truth today at Amazon.com. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line, 855-450-3733. You can call in, talk about whatever you want to talk about. The live Thursday night edition of Free Talk Live with Mark. And JJ. So we are discussing this story about this... uh, this four-year-old. Uh, real quick, I want to tell you about freetalklive.com. Um, you can go over there and get archives going back for five years for free at archives.freetalklive.com. As far as I know, we're the only commercial radio program out there that uh, makes its archives available for free. And uh, going back for five years uh, certainly seems unprecedented to me. If you know of one, uh, you've, if you know of another, you can let me know. Uh, 855-450-3733. That's archives.freetalklive.com. So this case, it's out of the dailymail.co.uk, um, and, but it's, it's in North Carolina, and it's interesting how... Uh, Many stories I read about the strange goings-on in, in America in newspapers that aren't from the United States. What, what are you saying? Like that the United States newspapers aren't covering the strange going-ons of what's happening in their local area? I think that to some extent the totalitarianism in the United States is 
not viewed as such right. by people here. Well, it's I viewed like, as normal. I like to differentiate between what I, I guess, what I consider to be like news sources and what I consider to be state-aligned media, which would be media sources that pretty much print whatever the state, you know, hands out as far as press releases. Like you'll hear Fox News, CNN, some of these big names, and they basically just. They don't even they don't even critically examine the news. They're certain they're given certain uh, press releases or information from government sources, and they just they just rattle it off like it's a teleprompter script. And they don't really they've sort of abandoned the idea of journalism. They've abandoned the idea of investigative journalism, and they don't critically look at or ask questions about a lot of the things that actually matter. So I'd say state aligned in that the status quo serves their purpose because they are at the top of the pecking order. So why should they want to see any change in that? There do, it does seem that the, the mainstream media just kind of takes the government's word for so many things, and they, they tend to fear monger because that benefits them. You know, people, scared people watch the news. Uh, content people watch something else. So, you know, of course, there's only one organization that can, uh, that can save you from scared, and that's the government. So it just, it's this little cycle right. that they seem to have found over... Uh, the course of this nation, and I'm not saying that I think that uh, the the UK is any better at all. I know that they have uh, they've got kid police over there too, checking on whatever your kids are eating and and that kind of thing. But that's where this article's from, and it's from North Carolina. It's a little four year old girl who was, uh, I guess, pulled out of line or something by the uh, the cafeteria monitor who said that her lunch wasn't. Now, uh, how do you see this going down, Mark? Do you see them the monitor coming along and checking all the bags or the lunches, or they they is it in a line or is it at the table where they're eating? I don't know. Maybe, maybe uh, any of these. I, it's hard to to imagine. But why she would have picked out this little girl's right. lunch baffles me, because this lunch was a turkey and cheese sandwich on whole wheat bread, uh, potato chips, a banana. And some apple juice. Mom didn't pack her a monster energy drink. Right. Cheetos, a ding dong. A crack pipe. Right. I mean, you know, none of these things. I mean, nothing that. Right. I, I, I know. I mean, I can see why, you know, she might have gotten upset with those. What are those things? Snowballs uh, that Hostess makes yes. that are pink. That's um, what they are. The pink little wads of Of sugar. marshmallow and sugar, yes. I mean, I suppose I could, you know, at that point, then we might have something to talk about here. Um, but they, in lieu of this, they served her a meal with, of chicken nuggets. So did they take away all of this food and say, here, you eat this food, or did they just supplement what she was eating? According to this, it isn't clear what the entire meal um, that the cafeteria at West Hoke Elementary School consisted of, but all the picky four-year-old girl ate were the chicken nuggets. Wow. So she went from the healthy meal that her, or let's not even call it healthy. Let's just say she went from the the complete meal that yeah. her mom had packed her to just chicken nuggets. And having a uh, dear four-year-old myself, I can tell you that life isn't so easy feeding a four-year-old. This isn't <laughs> this isn't a potted plant where you can give it whatever you want to give it, and it's not going to say anything about it. It's not a dog where you can just starve it until it'll eat what you want it to eat. 
This is a human being with its own little plans about how things are going to go. And their plans do not do not correspond with your – their values do not correspond with your values. Right. They're still learning their value systems and how, right. how to, it interacts with the social system that they are in. Yeah. And, you know, it, it'd be nice if uh, little Janie here would have eaten some, some kale and, uh, you know, some, uh, some lentil soup perhaps and, uh, you know, maybe some organic carrots – all so, that would have been fabulous. I have a question, though. I don't know if the story addresses it, if there's a lot of story left to read. But were the, the parents of this child charged for this food that no. she eat? Oh, yeah, yes. Actually, oh, I'm sorry. I thought you, when you said charged, I was, uh, pardon me, I jumped the gun on that. Uh, yes, actually, they got a little bill. They got a little bill. Yep. Interesting. Buck 25. By the way, that's what it cost when I was going to high school also for the meal uh, that we got. Now, I suppose there's less meal, uh, less of a meal for these kids, and maybe it's more in high school, but it just rung a bell with me because that's what the meal cost when I went to school in 19, in the or late 1980s. Because I mean, you know, I graduated in 89, but sure. you know, frankly, it was before that. The mother still wonders what exactly disqualified her meal, and she expects the bags of potato chips might have been, potentially been the problem. That said, Jan Kozalski, the spokesperson for the DHHS Children's Division, said that the uh, meal sounds like it would have passed the federal guidelines test. With a turkey sandwich, that covers your protein, your grain, and if it had uh, cheese on it, that's the dairy. It sounds like the lunch itself would have met all the standards. Not having worked with the school in question herself, she says, uh, on top of the uh, wasted food that was uh, sent home with the little girl at the end of the day was a $1.25 bill for the quote-unquote healthy school lunch. I don't feel that I should pay for a cafeteria lunch when I provide lunch for her at home, the mother wrote in a letter to her state rep. <laughs> so there you go. Well, it's it's interesting that the cafeteria... A monitor person has this arbitrary power to reject this lunch and thus gain a customer for the cafeteria, which they have to pay for because the school is the one sending the bill and the school works hand in hand with the police and all the other government. Interesting perverse incentive, isn't it? It is a very interesting perverse incentive. It's not that much of, I mean, a buck 25, they're not exactly making out or anything no, like that. No, but, but imagine over a large number of students. Sure. They're... Um, it, there's no doubt they're incentivized to kick more meals out. It'd be crazy if they weren't. No. So the cafeteria monitor figures out a reason why this uh, little girl with what, for all intents and purposes, appears to be just an ordinary lunch. And, I mean, you can call ordinary healthy. I'm fine with that. Uh, it depends on what your definition of healthy is. This would not pass my wife's definition of healthy. But, um, frankly, my wife's def- definition of healthy can be really difficult to eat sometimes. So, sure. um, you know, I, I and I can tell you my four-year-old, who my wife raises, does not eat particularly healthy like he's going to eat what he wants to eat and you're going to you're going to lump it or live with it that's your choice sure 855-450-3733 free talk live you think is there a way to force kids to eat 855-450 free free talk live here on free talk live we've been pretty excited about the bitcoin it's a decentralized free market digital currency you can learn more about it at weusecoins.com but if you already have some Bitcoins and you'd like to spend them, you can spend them at SpendBitcoins.com. When you spend Bitcoins on Amazon via SpendBitcoins.com, Free Talk Live gets a cut. 
Or if you're an Australian trying to figure out how to buy bitcoins, you can buy them with cash at au.spendbitcoins.com. Once again, that's spendbitcoins.com. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. It's Free Talk Live. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. The New Hampshire Liberty Forum is coming up here. I think it's the the end of next week. And uh, well, you know, um, there's still opportunities to get tickets. And all you have to do is go to. It's uh, freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. If you use coupon code FTL2012, you'll get a 10% discount. It's held at the uh, Nashua Crown Plaza Hotel. In, uh, obviously, it's in New- Nashua, New Hampshire. And it's going to be one of the largest Liberty gatherings, frankly, all year long. Uh, there's going to be great, uh, great speakers there. Jody Emery from uh, Cannabis Culture Magazine, Peter Schiff, Prax Girl, John Bush, Carlos Miller from Photography is Not Not a Crime. It's freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum, coupon code FTL2012. Well worth your time and energy, my friends. Certainly. It's a good time to meet a lot of different individuals and just network and talk about ideas, see if you connect, see if you make friends, find out if this community is right for you, and then ultimately decide if you're going to make the move. Lots of fun, lots of great speeches, lots of uh, parties going on, too. 855-450-3733. It's Mark with you. And JJ. You know, we haven't uh, – one, one aspect of this that uh, is, is interesting is this is a four-year-old girl from the story here where the, uh, the, the, the young girl's lunch was taken away and, uh, uh, you know, just ordinary lunch was taken away and she was given, what, chicken nuggets to eat, I guess. And uh, that was going to be so much healthier. Um, so the food police are out in force in our public schools. But this little girl's four. Yeah, that's, that seems very young to me. I don't like the idea of putting young developing i mean that that young they're all developing i get it mm-hmm. but this this young child ought to be home with her parents to learn more about life or or at least with more caring individuals than than school teachers and monitors and people who exercise arbitrary decision making powers that really don't make sense sometimes well now this is uh, really really common to put a 4 year old in some kind of uh, you know preschool situation and basically the the pre-k programs are sweeping the nation um you know i mean government school is essentially has moved from the idea of cheating uh, teaching people reading writing and arithmetic to essentially wholesale middle class uh, free babysitting yes it, they teach people how to Get get along in this sort of society, in this indoctrination sort of camp mentality, where they they learn just enough to be good drones, you know, just enough to get that burger flipping job or uh, the ditch digger job, whatever. And then Do you those... think it's any different than? Well, there's a lot of people that uh, have jobs that aren't ditch diggers um, out there that have gone through public school. I mean, uh, both probably both you and I are uh, uh, products of the public school system, at least to to some extent. Well, uh, certainly, part, but I, I didn't. Time. I didn't really start learning until I was out of school, and it, not just the the time, you know, as as far as when I was older than 18, but when I had jobs uh, starting at 15 years old. 
And I went on and worked in uh, True Value at 16 years old at a hardware store. I learned more uh, at my job than I, <laughs> frankly, learned at the time that I was in high school at the same time. I mean, frankly, I... The, the things I learned working in a retail store, it, right. was a, it was a comic book store. I started working there when I was 12. But I, I, I can't imagine the things that I learned from 12 on in school that are so valuable to me in life today. I mean, I had down everything that I use. Yeah, you know, maybe I've honed some of my skills as far as English in there, but would I have not done so by reading? It was a comic book store. I've been re- interested in reading my whole life. Right. It's it's the compulsory aspect that I really disagree with in the fact that it's the prison for the children. Of course, if you aren't in school, you're tardy, and then your parents will you know get fines in some cases in some districts, and Jail. there's all kinds of you know punishments met out by you know law enforcement wherever you are. So it's the the fact that you you have to be in school during these hours and for this length of time, and everybody. You know, one size fits all. Get in the shoe. But it's relatively easy to circumvent that if you if that's what you want to do. If you want to not be in uh, school at that time, all you have to do is say, "I'm homeschooled," and you know, there you are. Now, the homeschooling or the most states want you to be in some way or another, uh, you know, registered as a homeschooler. They, you know, it's like having a gun, I guess. Um, but that I guess that way they can track where you are and and that kind of thing. But mostly, you could get out of it if you don't want that to happen. It's mostly just parents that uh, haven't figured out other. I mean, you got to ask yourself as a parent, where do I want to send my kid? There's the pre-K program; it's free, or I could spend a thousand dollars a month out of my already meager pay to send my kid to a pub, uh, a private pre-K situation. I, you know, I mean, it's it seems like a no brainer. I, at I that know what point. you're saying. I, I would prefer to take the harder road and say that, well, between myself, my family, you know, I want to, you know, have my kid raised through homeschooling and staying at home or at, at some concerned family member's house or location, rather than turning them over to basically bureaucrats. I, I get it, but you know people don't have the same values as you and I do, and I just don't know if people have access in their minds to the idea of homeschooling. I'm not saying that it's it's a bad idea. That's what we intend to do with my son, but you know, I mean, it, they're like, well, you know, we're barely making it now. We're just barely making it. The economy stinks, and who's going to, you know, how are we? I can't, I'm not, I can't teach my kid. I don't have the time. I don't have the skills. I don't have, we don't have the money. You it just you can't be done. Yeah, you have to reorganize your life to make this happen. This isn't something you can just be like, well, we both work nine to five, and, you know, I don't know how we're going to get it. No, someone's going to have to work second shift or third shift, whatever it is. You know, it's going to have to be done in, in a fashion where, if that's your value system, if your value system is to provide, you know, your child with the best care and and sort of education, that that comes at, with a certain trade-off, and you you have to be willing to accept that in order to undertake that sort of venture. It uh, you know, to me, I think I would think that it is uh, it's very rewarding, but. I've got to say that there are things that you think about as a uh, as a parent. You know, I mean, basically, we, uh, you know, my son doesn't go to preschool or something like that, but we do ask ourselves: Well, 
is there some kind of you know play group situation or a half day, a couple of days a week that might be good for Jack? Uh, that he would you know be able to play with some other kids, and that would be you know sort of good socialization because it is a full. And by full, I mean more full than my job, full-time job being the homeschool parent. Sure. And I think that it's largely done by women, but I'm sure that there are some men out there that deserve um, accolades in that area. And it's from when you get up. When you get woken up, <laughs> right. by the way, right? Um, not when you get up, when you get woken up, to when you finally fall exhausted into bed every night. Um, I mean, I my wife has one kid, and I see families with three, four, five. Um, and, you know, she she seems busy all the time. Really, she seems busy all the time. I believe me, I keep a. <laughs> It seems like, you know, from my you. standpoint, sometimes like it might be a vacation or whatever. So, you know, there are times when I'm not as uh, grateful as I should be, but I haven't been able to find that instance where she's sitting around watching uh, daytime television, eating bonbons. I haven't found that. Sure. No, I understand. It, it's a lot of work being a parent, and that's kind of why a lot of individuals who are parents aren't willing to put that work in and or don't have that sort of mentality or value system so they don't and you get what you get in this case you get a lot of children who are educated by this one-size-fits-all school system that doesn't really accommodate for special you know the differences between individuals and the special learning that someone takes versus another person now that i mean i think all the critiques that there are in public school are valid i think it's just a really difficult situation that parents are in Uh, they're taxed to poverty and then we tell them hey you got to take responsibility for your kids if you don't want them to be in this cycle and they throw their hands up in the air and they don't know what to do 855-450-3733 free talk live in every age a technology is created that upends the foundations of society the wheel the printing press the internet now in a world sliding into financial chaos a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world it is called bitcoin bitcoin is a new form of money controlled not by banks governments or corporations but through mutual commerce between free individuals to learn more visit weusecoins.com That's the single toll-free call-in line here on the live Thursday night edition of Free Talk Live with Mark and JJ. 855-450-3733. I listen to a lot of radio and audio content. And here's a podcast that I enjoy, and you might really enjoy it too. It's verbalsurgery.com. Tim Cummins, the guy who uh, does the, the podcast, it's a way of uh, sort of use, getting inside your head. He uses some uh, technique of his to essentially buoy your mood. Um, I listen to it, and, you know, there have been times when I've said, oh, man, this is a little, little hokey. But, man, I've never listened to a verbal surgery podcast without feeling better when I'm done. And I think that that's really what it's all about. It's uh, call it magic, if you will. Um, and it's, it, it's a way that you can uh, you know, listen to something. Usually they're, they're, they're not very long. And I generally feel 
good when I'm done. And I can't think of a time that I, I didn't. You go check out uh, Verbal Surgery at VerbalSurgery.com and uh, see what it does for you. I think you'll be happy that you did. It's VerbalSurgery.com. And uh, the guy over there is Tim Cummins. He's a good friend of uh, of the show, as a matter of fact. So I'm ready to put put down this article about the uh, four-year-old girl who had her lunch taken away and was given chicken nuggets because her lunch wasn't ridiculous. healthy enough. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But uh, this next one, pretty ridiculous, has to do with our kids and school and all that stuff. It's from Alternet.org, which is a real hit-or-miss uh, place for <laughs> uh, articles. And this is about a situation where undercover, tw- real 21 Jump Street stuff, undercover cops at our high schools. Ooh. Working at the Drug Policy Alliance for the past 12 years, I have read and heard countless stories of people having their lives ruined because of our country's cruel war on drugs. This, by the way, is from Tony Newman, um, and he's writing here for Alternet.org. Last weekend, the nationally syndicated show, This American Life, highlighted a story that is so insane, you don't know whether to laugh or puke. Last year, in three high schools in Florida, and by the way, I've read through this already, and I've got to say, this isn't from just last year. This happened when I was in high school in the 80s. This is nothing new. Last year, in three high schools in Florida, several undercover police officers posed as students. Undercover cops went to classes, became Facebook friends, and flirted with other students. One 18-year-old honor student named Justin, honor student, keep that, keep that in mind for later okay. on in the story, JJ. All right. And, uh, excuse me, fell in love with an attractive 25-year-old undercover cop after spending weeks sharing stories about their lives, texting, and flirting with each other. Try to imagine the situation here. You as an undercover cop are tasked with uh, getting in with the kids. Right. Finding the kid, the bad ones. You know, get, in, get, get in with the kids. Find out what's going on with those kids. So you're going to be, oh, perhaps a little more gregarious than your average hot chick. Sure. And, and a little bit more knowledgeable, a right. little bit more. Well, it, it's sort of like she has so many, so much of an upper hand. For one, she knows that she's just acting, that she is just playing and she also has the experience of life. She's seven years older. Seven years older, right? Has been through all this, and her prey. Not only does, and at that point, high school high school doesn't matter to her. It's not real life. No, and it, yeah, especially the high school aspect is just some, uh, an informality that she has to to go through and spend her time at that location. But she's not actually in school. The tests don't matter. The classes don't matter. Nothing matters but her prey, the young gentleman who. She then well, it's not just him. He's just the the focus of the story. Okay, lots of uh, I'll I'll go on with it here. First yes. off, though, I want to take uh, Ed calling in from uh, Washington. Ed, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Yeah, concerning that young lady who uh, who had her lunch deprived of her and was forced to eat those McNuggets or whatever they wish to refer to them. Chicken nuggets. Yep. Yeah. Well, you know. There was a story here just recently, I think it was on, uh, well, the first time I saw it was on, on InfoWars, and uh, I guess she was 15 or 16 years old and had to go to the hospital because the only thing she'd been eating were nuggets, chicken yeah, nuggets. Yeah. Yep, I remember that story. And I was just curious if maybe this four-year-old girl's mother was aware of that and 
maybe she would have something to say about it. Probably. But anyway. Uh, that was a kind of ahead. obscure story, but yeah, probably she hadn't heard it. Um, my whole thought on, you know, you, after you had discussed that, you were just uh, uh, doing a follow-on about uh, public school versus private school versus homeschooling. Sure. And I started out the first four years of my life in a parochial school, mm-hmm. which wasn't bad. You know, you know how nuns are. Maybe you don't. <laughs> I, I don't, but I've seen television. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's and then from there I went to a private boys boarding school. Then I went to a public school. Then back to another private boys boarding school. And then finally, my mother said, "You know, we're going to put an end to this misery this kid's going through." And she just let me homeschool myself. Mm-hmm. And I went. I absolutely accelerated. As a matter of fact, when I uh, the naval entrance exam. Uh, this is back in Massachusetts, 1965. I pretty much aced out everybody that had gone to public school. I had homeschooled myself. Right. So I've heard I that a lot. I've, I've heard that uh, you know the, the the stories of homeschooling and how it's been great for kids. But in 1965, homeschooling. I mean, yes. you must have been the only one in the nation. No, no, that's that there were homeschoolers back then. Really, they just weren't as well known as they are now. Interesting. You, 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 I think it's, this... it's certainly grown, though. Wouldn't you agree, Ed? Oh, yes, it has. Okay. As a matter of fact, I think it's probably outstripped. Uh, uh, the, the, well, I'll put it this way. If parents had a choice, a real choice, you know, when I say choice, I mean not having to pay into the public school system via taxation. Right. If they had the ability to say, no, I'm going to withhold this funding from the public school and let them fund themselves with just the people who are willing to put their kids there and get them brainwashed, or X number of hours a day, and then let the kids themselves. You know, the homeschooling is akin to uh, Montessori schooling. I'm sure you've heard of Montessori. I've heard of yep. Montessori, Waldorf. Uh, the, the, there's there's several of them out there. Well, there's, okay, the Montessori schooling is as close as you're going to get to homeschooling, where the child has the ability to decide for him or herself what he or she is going to study, when, and why. I think that's... And then if they get tired, they do something else. In other words... They're not forced to sit in, in a, you know, in a constrained environment where they have to listen to somebody yak at the front of a room, you know, for Lecture. an hour, Indeed. and then go out and run around and then come back. You know, it's sort of like, well, you know, consider it like, you know, you're in first gear, then you shift to second gear, then you shift to third gear. Well, in between... Kids need different, all that. different stimulation, and they they need different things, and they can't just keep on doing the same stuff on other people's t- schedule and then try to cross their legs and hold their potty. Ed, thanks for the call. 855-450-3733. Let's go to Eric calling from Keene. Eric, you're on Keene Talk Live. What's on your mind? Hey, guys. I finally made it to Keene. Uh, really? You've, uh, you've, you've arrived for the Free State Project? Yes, sir. Excellent. Good for you, man. Uh, we drove from New York uh, yesterday and, and finally made it. And Are you moving, from, you're moving from New York? No, we're moving from Ukraine. Oh, my goodness. That's a big move. Wow. Well, I talked to you guys about this before. You know, the cops stopped us. I'm the same guy. The cops stopped us in Gainesville. And yeah, that right. was last Thursday. Sure. We were in the back of a police car and... So we finally made it. I, I get a lot of uh, calls, Eric. Uh, you know, don't always know who everybody is. Plus, we have to uh, we have to update so everybody who's listening. So here we are. Uh, we finally made it from Ukraine. Uh, we 
took an RV, bought an RV in um, San Francisco and drove it all the way through all the states. And the only state I really had a gripe with was New Mexico about alcohol laws, right? Because they had to uh, ID us every time we bought some beer. Really? Yeah, and I, I didn't think that was going to happen when I got here. And just a couple hours ago, I we, we stopped at the Days Inn. You know the Days Inn on Route 9, right when you come in the game? Yeah, yeah, sure. And then there's the, I, I saw some a police department right next to the liquor store. You have the state liquor store, yep. right? Yep. So I wanted to buy some beer, and I went to the state liquor store, and there's no beer. No beer nope. there. No beer. That was strange for me, you know. So I said, oh, do you have any 250-milliliter bottles of whiskey? I just want a little bottle of whiskey. And they're like, I'm sorry, we don't have that either, sir. (laughs) Okay, well, I I bought a couple little bottles of Yukon Jack, right? Okay. And then I went went back and checked into the Days Inn Hotel, and we're looking for an apartment here. And uh, uh, that's what we're going to, that's the next couple days, we're looking for, like, just a, you know, thousand bucks a month for two bedrooms, something like that, right? And so uh, we went into the, we checked the hotel and then uh, we went back to Fallen Angel Toys is a tasteful company for adult desires and fetish fantasy. Thousands of items, vibrators, literature, blindfolds, lubes, and more. Great for bachelorette parties or serious lifestylers. We're a family-owned business with new specials every week, discreet packaging and shipping, and safe, secure checkout through PayPal. Use code FDL at checkout for 25% off your first time. No minimum purchase required. That's FallenAngelToys.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free and bring up anything you want. The number here, 855-450-FREE. With you tonight, it's Ian. JJ. And Mark. And we're inviting you over to our website at freetalklive.com. We'll give you the features on the site, so enjoy those on us. Once again, freetalklive.com. So the number here, 855-450-FREE. I'm just getting in uh, here tonight. Had to go out to a city council meeting this evening to oppose the Bearcat. Uh, We've been telling you a lot about the Bearcat. It's the police tank that they're trying to bring to town here. And that's the, those are the words of the uh, the city mayor himself who attempted to whisper it to another city councilor at a, a recent uh, a meeting when they were, before they accepted it in the got, first Caught place. it on video. And it, yeah, he got busted uh, admitting that it was a tank. All of this, of course, have been fo- uh, has we're been followed. We're going to have in, our own tank. That's what he said. Yeah. Uh, all of this has been f- uh, followed in detail over at freekeen.com and the now uh, much wider perspective thanksbutnotanks.com. Uh, the intention of thanksbutnotanks.com is to take this beyond Keen because it's likely that this bear cat will be pushed on other towns Certainly. around the country and so hopefully those folks can use some of the resources we've created in opposing this here in Keene to oppose the bear cat uh, where they are when it inevitably comes on its evil path i think Do you think there's much chance stunning that it's this is the first resistance that they've met the first, uh, the most passionate, uh, most significant resistance. There may have been pockets of resistance here and there in the past, but the uh, the folks behind the Bearcat, the Lenko Company, did acknowledge that they've never experienced anything like this before. Do you think there's any chance of uh, of, of some other town, uh, you know, standing in way of the Bearcat? Honestly, I don't know. I mean, th- there are activists in other places. There are, so but let's... there aren't as many. 
Well, I, you know, it just depends, I, I suppose. Because you're going to need a hippie town. Yeah. And you're going to need enough activists. Correct. And I don't feel like you've got that in too many places. It's probably true. Mark. And you're it right. has to be a small enough city that they don't actually really need the vehicle. You know, like, yeah. you know, say in Seattle or something like that, they're never going to stop them from getting uh, basically what this is, is a bulletproof truck right. with if, gun ports. If the city council is too disconnected from the people, it'll be impossible to stop it. Uh, but all that aside, Mark, it's still a good idea to have another website that's based just on this. And that's Fine what thanksbutnotanks.com is. We sang uh, Thanks But No Thanks, thanks but no Tanks uh, to the tune of Joy to the World. We sang our little song. Now, when did this happen? Right before the city council okay. meeting started. So about 6.55, the meeting was supposed to start at 7. And we waited until as many of the counselors were in the room as possible and then sang. And I was pleased that the cops who were standing around uh, did not attempt to tell us to leave. So it was, it was good. Very good. Yeah. Uh, so that's where I came from. I, I guess I'm coming in the middle of a discussion about an undercover hottie cop or something like that. <laughs> that's what? pretty much what's uh, going on here. Give, what's, what's happening? Well, um, this is from Alternet.org, and uh, the story is written by uh, Tony Newman. And the situation here is is that basically uh, – an undercover cop, which she's 25 years old, uh, and and this is actually several several undercover cops, but this is the story. You know how uh, journalists love to tell the story, mm-hmm. and so this is an, one undercover. They're talking about one situation between uh, two two people because one is a 25 year old undercover cop who's pretending to be a student and uh, you know getting all in with them because you can imagine what it would be like if a uh, uh, you know a girl comes to school. She's uh, you know, she's seven years older and that much wiser. But, you know, for all the world, looks like she's in high school. Mm. and But she's wiser. And her goal isn't what girls in school's goal is. Her goal is something different. So she's supposed to infiltrate and talk to people and, you know, whatever. She's supposed to land pigeons. Right. It's despicable. I don't understand how people can do this kind of work. I mean, you are essentially, your job is to deceive people. Your job is to deceive Innocent people who've right. never Innocent harmed people. anyone this else. Is, it'd be one right. thing if she was infiltrating, uh, you know, some kind of evil gang or something like that. Like a band like of that. killers. Yeah, that'd be one thing. But, but she is, I mean, even if it was a, some huge drug ring, that would be one thing. But this well, is no, a high school. Well, no, drug rings are, nor, you know, you know I, I'm they're only just trying saying to get a product to people. That's what your opinion <laughs> yeah. is. However, we're not talking about anything that's even remotely similar to that. We're talking about infiltrating a high school, high school and picking off the very easiest ones of them. Yeah. You're not, you're not going to find out. You're not going to get into a high school, go there for six weeks and find out who the big dealer is. No, she's dealing, isn't she? Wasn't, didn't, wasn't that what no, I heard? No, that wasn't she's, what was going she's on. She's not no. dealing? Okay. Now, let me go on here. Um, so anyway, the where, one, where was this? one day, what's that? Where was this happening? Alternet.org okay. in Florida. Got it. Uh, one 18-year-old honor student named Justin fell in love with the attractive 25-year-old undercover cop after spending weeks sharing stories about their lives, texting and flirting with each other. One day, she asked Justin if he smoked pot. And even though he didn't smoke marijuana, the love-struck teen promised to help her find some. Oh, no. Every I'll couple, start just for you, baby. Every couple of <laughs> wow. days. Uh, and this would happen. This totally. Oh, you, any, I could totally see several individuals who just never, just can't hit it off with any women. All of a sudden, there's someone who's very attractive. And interested in them. And, and not only that, but. She's this, not in my league. She probably is one of the more popular, just becomes one of the more popular girls because she's more outgoing, as you said, more gregarious. Because Maybe. She has the the knowledge and the know-how already under her belt, basically, as far as schooling is concerned and, and the world. So she's not, like, exploring new ground. And she's also, she's playing a role. She's not even playing herself. She's an yes. actor, or an actress in this case, and she's 
She's acting this specific role to achieve a specific goal, which gives her a sort of insulation from actual humanity. Right, and she doesn't intend to stay there. She doesn't really have anything on the line like a high school student does. you asked who could do this? People who believe in the class system can do this. People who believe that they are in a higher class because they have a badge and a gun than everyone else. And everyone else is a lower class, a different caste, if you will. And yes, we, we can uh, pick off these weaker you know, cast members because, well, you know, they're not in our cast and, and, and well, whatever. And she has to have realized that she wasn't busting a drug dealer here in, right. uh, you know, multiple instances. So apparently she was doing this with lots of boys. But let me go on here. Um, he didn't smoke pot, but uh, she every couple of days she would text him asking, had he found the marijuana? Finally, Justin was able to get it for her. Uh, he tried to. She tried to give him twenty five bucks for the marijuana, and he said he didn't want the money. Oh, wow. he got it for as a present. Now this is this is great um, because he's not selling it because he didn't actually sell it to her. A short while later, the police did a big sweep and arrested thirty one students, including God. Justin. Now uh, b- b- let's 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 talk about justice here for a second, folks. If justice were to be had, they would have swept in and got this kid immediately because he's a dangerous drug dealer endangering our kids at high school, right? No, they wanted to bust more kids. They just wanted the busts, so they left him there in high school, you know, threatening and and terrorizing this honor student, threatening and terrorizing the other students Hmm. because they wanted the busts. This is about busts. This is not about safety this is not about protecting and serving anybody but themselves now yeah. it's getting that high score who Sick. can get the most drug busts indeed so 30 31 and and do we know what town in florida this was uh it doesn't say it just says florida now where i where i went to school i went to a smaller school 31 would have been a significant number i mean that's a lot this of- happened when i was in school and they, they did something like just this? like this, yes, in the 1980s, because wow. 21 Jump Street gave them the idea, essentially. Mm-hmm. And that was a show back in the 80s where, you know, they essentially, young cops pretended to be undercover all the time. You know, it was a compelling and great show, no, no doubt about it. But the idea that you're going to infiltrate a school with a young-looking cop and somehow make that school safer, that's crazy. No, and this was an honor student as well. This was a person who for all conceivable purposes, had made the right choices in life and had gone, you know, had put the work into schooling to actually get good grades. And, and you know, maybe he did yep. care about schooling. Maybe he didn't, whatever. Maybe it was just exceptional as far as his IQ. Regardless, this this individual had a successful past. And now here comes a drug bust. Yep. It's uh, Derail drug, that. drug-free zone. Right. Uh, you know, that's He's sort done of thing. for. I mean, as far as college funding and all that stuff, I mean, that's all going to be done. He, he can't get any of that now that he's got a Yeah, just try to get a job conviction. while you have a felony conviction. Wait, are we talking about felonies here? Because he didn't sell the pot. That would have been, what, a possession charge just for him? That may, it, it does say felony in this story. Um, let me go on with it, and I'll, uh, I'll get to it. This story is not unique to Florida, and it reminds oh me of the 18-year-old uh, Mitchell Lawrence, a young man from Great Barrington, Mass., who served two years in jail for selling a joint to an undercover cop. The officer befriended Lawrence and his friends to hang out with them. One day, the cop asked Lawrence if he had any weed. Lawrence... Gave the cop a joint. The cop handed him $20. Lawrence hesitated, but the cop insisted on giving him the money. Selling the joint because they were hanging out um, less than a 1,000 feet from a school and thus was considered a drug-free zone and carried a mandatory minimum sentence of two years. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And, of course, the cops get to pat themselves on the back, pretend like they're doing something, when, of course, they haven't stopped anybody from getting their hands on pot. They've just put a few dealers behind bars, just opening up opportunities. 
I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous Super Tuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your Super Tuck at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Again, that's CrossbreedHolsters.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up anything you want. Toll-free number here, 855-453. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Here tonight, it's Ian, JJ, and Mark. And we invite you to the website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the various features you'll find there. Uh, We give them to you. Archives are included, so you can go all the way back to late 2006, all free right there over at freetalklive.com. Again, freetalklive.com. Dot com. The state owns the land, but they don't own the water. To be free today, you'd need a boat. And not just any boat, a life yacht. It's a stable catamaran as big as a house that purifies its own water, generates its own power, and to some extent grows its own food. It has a shallow draft to be able to get a four-wheel drive car or SUV ashore. With a life yacht, you could live free from nearly any government intrusion and have a seashore home anywhere in the world. To be involved... Is all you need is $1,000, and the commitment can be as little as eight months. It's ericksoncouncil.com. That's ericksoncouncil.com. I'm going to spell it because a lot of people have asked me. That's E-R-I-C-S-S-O-N-Council.com. So we continue here discussing a story out of Florida where a 25-year-old female was placed into a high school under the uh, the auspices that she... Several cops were um, placed into several high schools. Oh, I see. So we're only looking at one of the stories right. where uh, the uh, this female cop was basically instructed to hit it off with as many of the people there as possible and attempt to score some marijuana. Yep. And, of course, she was successful at it because she's an attractive young lady and, you know, she knows how to work the guys. Uh, so it wasn't hard for her to use her sexuality to sell... The idea of, you know, that she's their friend. I wonder how many young guys, uh, you know, young police officer guys that they would put into school that would go around asking for marijuana um, and get it versus uh, girls. You know, I mean, I'm just thinking the girls would be more successful. I I think you're right. I believe so. So that's uh, what she did. And it was because of her efforts that they busted 31 people. Now, Uh, maybe other police involved in that 31. Was that 31? The star is not entirely clear. So it's, it's, it seems like it was 31 at that one particular school, which this story focused on. I don't on think with so. Can you imagine for us? I mean, I think yeah, that that makes very much. I a, can imagine. A, a I sense can't. Where she could find 31 people over the course of six weeks or whatever it was. Six weeks, 31 guys. She's working them like a like a like a oh, yeah. trooper. It, it, like she's like she's a hooker. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't be hard. I, I wouldn't be that interested in a in a girl that has that many guys milling around her. That yeah. seems like a lot in six weeks. I see what you're saying, but if you're a lonely high school guy, I mean, then this you know pretty lady's talking to you and she wants to get some pot. So, doesn't seem doesn't seem unbelievable to me. Seems like a lot of busts for one person, but I could be wrong. So, uh, what else do you have to share from this? Uh, well, this this story? from Tony Newman says the drug war is sick. How much money was wasted by our law enforcement to get these bags of marijuana off the streets? Yeah. 
How do these cops look at themselves in the mirror? I don't understand it. Seducing 18-year-olds to fall in love or pretending to be friends and then tricking them into procuring small amounts of marijuana. Now, recently we read the statistic that, uh, what, more teenagers, more 10th graders had smoked marijuana than cigarettes. And really? we have Yes. And we have... Uh, also said in the past, and you know, found this to be true in, in the past, that it, uh, high school students report that it is easier to get marijuana than it is to get alcohol. That's true. I mean, <laughs> come on. So anyway, tricking them into producing small amounts of marijuana so they can charge them with felonies is oh. beyond slimy and diametrically opposed to the officer's it's evil. charge to pr- serve and protect. Yeah. yeah, the idea that you're going to charge high school students for small amounts of marijuana um, with felonies because they sold it to this girl, it's really, really despicable. Um, because actually what the cops are incentivized to do is give money. Um, you know, I mean, if, if the girl just wanted it for free, hey, can I have some free marijuana from you? Sure. She'd get it. Yeah. She'd sure get she it would. most of the time. And so the fact that she slides tries to slide him 25 bucks... What's the point in that? I wonder if uh, any of them ever tried to smoke it with her and what happened in the in that case. They're probably not um, – a lot of them probably don't care anything about smoking marijuana. This kid, Justin, the honor student, he doesn't right. want to smoke marijuana. That's he what just he gets, told her. He just wants to get some marijuana for this pretty girl so she'll mm-hmm. like him. Yep. And Aww. that's the that's what happens. So we often hear that we need to fight the drug war to protect kids. As these despicable examples show – more often, the drug war is ruining young people's lives and Absolutely. doing more harm than good. Uh, th- this is not going to help these young boys when they're put into prison cells. Right. And what's going to pr- going to protect them then? And what's going to what yeah. in in what way does this inform high school students? You think they're watching the news and hearing about this stuff? Well, they probably heard their friends got arrested later. But, but do you think that that has taught them anything? Don't give pot to uh, pretty girls, I guess. Yeah, I, don't I, how, I don't know how well those lessons will be absorbed. Well, by. it should teach them that their own government is out to get them. Yeah, that's for what sure. they should learn. Yeah, they'll probably learn that too. I mean, I can just imagine what it's like to be one of the, you know, one of these these kids. I, I mean, how many boys wouldn't do this? I know that some wouldn't, but how many wouldn't just go ahead and and bend their scruples for some pretty girl who's uh, you know a little older and a lot more manipulative. Mm. Coming in and saying, hey, I could use a little marijuana. Hey, you got any weed for me? You know, just over and over again. I I don't think there's too many guys out there within the sound of my voice that hasn't had some woman in some way or another get what she wanted. And then you'd be like, oh, God, man, did I get used? That's all that happened. I guess all you can really say. In this case, it's a felony. Yeah. I guess all you can really say is if you're in high school and uh, some new person comes into the school, beware. I mean, unless you've been going to school with them for a few years, maybe you should be very cautious about your interactions with them. I mean, how how terrible, though, that you have to be paranoid about, you know, that that you have to be concerned and worried about the people that you're around at high school. Like, which one of them is the snitch? Which one of them is is the uh, is the narc, the undercover cop? Well, it's funny that the school is the sort of the. I guess uh, the tank, the fish tank mm. for the the predator in this the shark. case, the shark would be the the police to go in because it's a government institution. No the private state, school would allow this to happen. Yeah, the state's like whatever, sure. Oh, an officer's going to be here on duty. That'll make us all feel safe. Yeah. Yay! What if they're carrying? Uh, that's a good question I doubt too. It. Seems unlikely. So here's the here's the moral of the story: Don't send your kids to public school. Right, one. that's the way to avoid a whole lot of problems. Yep. Just don't send them in the first place. Yeah, we the earlier story we had was about the school lunch where the the child's lunch was rejected. 
Yeah, where oh, they were searching through uh, people's like school lunches, right, to see if they were like acceptable to the government yes. standards, and then took the lunch from the person, and then fo- it, foisted like chicken nuggets yes, on them instead. Yes, that's right. Unbelievable. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Uh, I mean, that was it's a four year old in some kind of pre K program. How much more micromanaged can it become? It can become more micromanaged to the point where you. Well, okay, here it is. You're already. Using the bathroom on their terms. Yeah, right? right. Get your hall pass. Now now you're eating on their terms. You're attending school on their terms. Right. Now, only thing left is sleeping. I mean, I figure that's that's it. Well, they do, deter- they do determine when you wake up uh, because a lot of these kids are getting up at 5.30 in the morning, which is right. the same time they got me up when I was in jail, uh, to, to go to school. Yep. I mean, it's crazy. The, the, the sun's not even up before these kids are at school. So it's it's sad that what kind of individuals are going to come out of this sort of system where they are they're watched and basically told what to do for institutionalized every of their life institutionalized people yep. that's what happens to people that are in prison for a long time they get institutionalized they don't know the world outside they can't handle it uh, I'd say the public the private schools are better but I wouldn't say they're a heck of a lot better toll free number eight five five four fifty free that's the SACL CAI toll free line you can take control of the airwaves bring up whatever's on your mind this is Free Talk Live. Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated radio program on more than 100 radio stations coast to coast. We've been named Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation thrice. And five times the best political podcast from podcastawards.com. You can have access to our more than 100 radio stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for less than $1,000 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up anything you want. Toll-free number here, 855-453-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that you'll find there. Uh, Once again, freetalklive.com. Tonight here with you, it's Ian. JJ. And Mark. And uh, also want to invite you on the phones, 855-450-FREE. You can bring up anything. Quick update from the email box uh, to correct some confusion we had last night. We were talking about OkCupid, the uh, very popular dating site, free dating site online. Uh, they were We were reading a story about some interesting questions you can ask of someone on a first date or prior to a first date to determine certain things. There are the potential for certain things to happen in the future. If you want to hear more about that, you can listen to last night's episode over at freetalklive.com. But we had started out by saying that we'd heard that OkCupid was DARPA-funded, which is some sort of government uh, defense initiative. And it seems kind of weird, right? Like it a is dating a, it site? does seem like an outrageous claim, right? A dating site funded by DARPA. But I'd heard and, it, and, you know. Yeah, and we'd heard it from Johnson, who is uh, one of our researchers uh, on the program. We don't actually have a staff of researchers. He's just uh, somebody who's been with the show for a long time and helps us out with uh, with things. Uh, and he, I guess, got back in touch with us here, as well as uh, Andrew Sawyer, to say that yeah, it actually was funded by DARPA because we had questioned it last night, went and did a Google search, couldn't really find anything imminently uh, just kind of upfront that was really clear that made it seem like this was funded by DARPA. According to uh, according to Andrew here, their web server called OKWS was funded in part by DARPA by an MIT student 
Uh, there's a master's thesis that he wrote called Building Fast and Secure Web Services with OKWS uh, by Maxwell Crone, who is a co-founder of OKCupid. The research was supported in part by the DARPA Composable High Assurance Trusted Systems Program. And then they list the contract number under which it was funded. So looks That's like it's true. Hmm. There you go. That's all that's all we know about it. It's just that you know there was money It's involved. not like DARPA's gonna go putting its business out there too far. Right. It, there was money involved in building their web server, apparently. So thanks to those guys for putting that out there. Let's go to you guys and your calls. Drew is on the line, listening in Arizona. You're on Free Talk Live, Drew. Hey guys. Hey, what's uh, I wanted to call in. I had uh, a kind of an interesting little uh, alert reminder sent to my uh, cell phone today. Let me see. I just lost the page. It's called the RMS uh, message or emergency alert system message. Uh, and the government now apparently has a direct line to my um, cell phone to do a wireless emergency alert system. And it says here, you know, sent uh, 12, uh, 2012 at 1.56 p.m. This is a test of the wireless emergency alert system. This is only a test. And if you explore this application on my phone a little bit deeper, it says that I can get amber alerts, I can get uh, emergency alerts and severe weather alerts, and I can also get uh, presidential-level alerts, Mm. and those alerts are mandatory. Uh, So it appears that uh, the president, whoever that may be, Obama or Romney, has a direct line to... uh, to my cell phone. So I thought it was pretty interesting when I got the message and I did some searching around uh, the internet and on Twitter and found a lot of other people who have the Verizon Wireless uh, who use that carrier uh, also received a similar alert. And a lot of people on Twitter were didn't understand it or know why or, or what it was. So I, I went ahead and got some screenshots and pictures of my phone and this alert and I, I posted them over on uh, freedomsphoenix.com if anyone cares to take a look at them. But, Thanks for uh, doing that. I, 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 I'm also on that network. Uh, I did not receive that uh, those alerts. So I maybe did. You did. Yes, and I don't even have 3G service with my Wi-Fi device. I simply have a Verizon uh, Wi-Fi droid, and uh, I mean, I'm using it on Wi-Fi. And I don't have the 3G, you, so right. I, so you I don't actually do. subscribe to Verizon. You're, you have no contract for the phone. Is what you're saying? That's right. And have, you still got this, text and I message. still got that. Yes, I got four of them, and they're all you know copies of each other. Was basically. it over a Google Voice number or something like that? How did that happen? I don't know how it pushed it to my phone. Well, what, one thing that I, I did notice is uh, we checked uh, with some other people that I know who are also on Verizon, and they didn't receive it. Some did, some didn't. And one thing, um, I have a Droid phone, and actually I have a custom build of the Droid software uh, with Motorola, mm-hmm. and they provide certain applications that I can't remove, uh, this emergency system being one of them. Uh, so apparently it's not just, it wasn't just Verizon customers, it was Verizon customers who have this app, and whether you have the app is up to oh, what yeah. software bundle you've got. Explain, or okay, so, so that may explain why I didn't get it, because I've rooted my phone and installed a custom uh, operating system on it. Now you're going to jail. And so therefore, uh, I probably don't have, because a lot of these custom ROMs... Well, I, I think, well, I know that Steve has, uh, his droid got a message too, I believe he rooted his phone. Well, just because you root the phone doesn't mean That's that true. you're not doesn't mean you're running a custom ROM. I would imagine Steve, this guy you're talking about, would be doing that. But uh, a lot of these custom ROMs they strip out extraneous crap from the phone, and yes. so maybe they whoever made this ROM that I'm running stripped out whatever that program is, you know, presidential uh, message system or whatever. Uh, they stripped that file out of my system. Maybe that's why I didn't get it, or maybe it was just because uh, you know they were just testing and it didn't work for everybody. I mean, that's uh, that's a possibility too, but. It's 
that's you know that's so this was your first indicator that this was coming because we'd heard about this uh, several months ago that this this was a plan that they've had in the works for a while is to make it so the government people can send out a text message to every single cell phone in the country which is of course you know ultra creepy uh, creepy yes it is well yeah, and uh, you may recall there was a story back in December in New Jersey where there was a flood and they sent one out and they you know, caused a little bit of panic and everybody didn't know. Uh, uh, I don't recall the full details of that, but uh, search New Jersey. I think you might find something on that. But I, I had noticed this when I got this new phone last October, and I noticed that it said in there in the settings page, presidential level alerts are mandatory, and I couldn't uncheck that box. One thing I noticed today, though, is it seems as if they had added some new categories. Uh, they have amber alerts now in there, uh, so maybe that's why um, they decided to test the system as they've changed it. Now they have the ability to do amber alerts. Uh, but you, you, somebody said to me uh, at the time in October, said, well, why don't you root your phone and get rid of it? And I thought, well, but that'll ru- ruin the fun when Obama starts sending me re-election campaign material into my phone. So I, I kept the uh, program on there, and it'll be interesting to see what kind of kooky fear tactics and scary messages they send me next. Sure. Uh, I'm looking here at the one that uh, JJ was sent. It says it's an RMT alert. So this doesn't come in as a standard text message. It comes in on a special program that's just there to receive these alerts. Yes, part of the emergency alert application. And had you noticed this application in your application drawer previously? Is is this something Um, you'd seen No, I've never played with it, no. Is this something that uh, that you can just find in your list of applications, uh, Drew? Yes, I, I noticed it, uh, it almost as soon as I got the phone. I was playing with the different features, and I saw this, you know, has a, a red cross on it. And I thought, oh, there's some emergency app. I should check this out. And I looked at it, and when I understood sort of what it was, it kind of made me realize so this isn't something that I want. But, mm-hmm. again, I'm, I'm not allowed to delete it uh, because I don't have a rooted phone and, and haven't uh, done that yet, so I, I just have left it on there. But this was the first time today that I've received a message, so it, it shocked me. I guess it didn't shock me. I guess I saw it coming, but uh, the first time I actually saw it happen, uh, one thing about the the post, uh, uh, the picture that I posted, uh, which made me laugh, is, you know, it says this is a test emergency uh, alert system. It's only a test, and it has some categories down here, and it says the severity is a significant threat to life or property. Mm-hmm. The urgency, I should respond, uh, I should act, uh, action should be taken soon within the next hour. And then at the bottom, it's certainty. The likelihood is probable, greater or equal to fifty percent. So the the likelihood of this uh, of this test is fifty percent. So, so I, don't, I don't know if those fields. Then you should take action. Just, where where would someone find this uh, fo- the screenshot over at freedomsphoenix.com? I'm on the page right now. I'm not seeing it in, it, imminently. It's about six down uh, on the left hand side. I just looked. Uh, it's still on the front page. I don't think it's rolled off yet. What's the title um, that people can look for? Uh, I, uh, what what is a uh, what's a CMAS alert anyway? Okay, I see it there. Uh, what's a CMAS a alert anywhere? If you want, if you want, what's a CMAS alert anyway? Over at freedomsphoenix.com. If you want to see some screenshots of what this looks like on Drew's phone, uh, if you're on the Verizon network, there's a good chance you received this. Uh, not sure about other networks out there, but odds are good this is going to be the first of many. And I, I find it absolutely disturbing. I thank you, Drew, uh, for the call. Appreciate hearing from you tonight. 855-450-FREE. Now I'm so I'm extra glad now I have a rooted phone. It's, uh, it's a good thing. Not getting that crap? No, I have not gotten this. I don't I have this application. More coming up here. 855-450-FREE. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control. Free Talk Live. 
DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, get a great deal, and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Toll free number here, 855-453. That's 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that we have there. If you like the show and you'd like to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us. Go to shop.freetalklive.com and you can enter Amazon through one of the links that you'll see there. And the links are different for different countries. Click into the one that's appropriate for you and you'll get your shopping taken care of just as you're used to with Amazon with the same great shopping experience, free super saver shipping on a whole lot of their items. And, uh, and of course, you know, just it's, it's huge selection. It's Amazon. I mean, they've got almost everything. So go to shop.freetalklive.com. Get your shopping taken care of and help Free Talk Live at the same time by going through our links over at shop.freetalklive.com. Bitcoins are the world's first anonymous digital cash. With Bitcoins, there are no contracts to sign or terms of service to abide by. Anyone can download the free Bitcoin software and be using them in just a few minutes. With Bitcoins, you can send and receive money anywhere in the world without needing the permission of any bank or any government. And it's free to send and receive money in Bitcoins. It's just like cash. I mean, it's cash for the Internet. Learn more. Go to weusecoins.org. They'll tell you all about the basics of Bitcoins. It's weusecoins.org. And then the Bitcoin rabbit hole is as deep as you want to go because there's a lot of information to be had. Uh, now, thanks to bitinstant.com, you can have Bitcoins in less than an hour by depositing cash in any major bank. To buy your Bitcoins with cash, visit BitInstant.com. It's BitInstant.com. All right, we continue with you and your thoughts. Marcus is in Louisiana. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, JJ, and Mark. If a Linko Bearcat shows up to a crime scene with a suicidal maniac, it doesn't bring a cannon. It brings a hostage negotiator. <laughs> I believe that's a quote from the, uh, the Huffington Post article. Yes. Man, what, what, is that a joke or what? Well, I'm sure that it may have a hostage negotiator in it, but uh, it also has gun ports in the side. So the hostage negotiator can shoot the uh, suicidal guy from inside the vehicle without being in danger. And it's likely carrying nine other men because it can hold t- they advertise it can hold ten men. Uh, so if they have one hostage negotiator, they probably have ten men with machine guns uh, also riding in the back. Oh, man. I just had to call in. I, was, I saw the... I saw the the article on the Huffington Post, man, and it, it took me about 20 minutes to stop laughing. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's ridiculous, man. You know, one thing about this uh, Linco Bearcat that you bring up that uh, brings to mind here is I, when I was, went to the city council meeting, the uh, one of the police officers, uh, uh, you know, a guy who got a certain amount of renown, apparently, for disarming a, uh, a high schooler who had taken over the local high school or something like that back in uh, the early 90s. Um, and he said, you know, that there are instances when you don't want to be driving up in a Crown Victoria that's not bulletproof um, and that you would want a bulletproof vehicle. Now, I can't disagree with that, but let's think about the unintended consequences of a bulletproof vehicle. Many people who are on the police squad uh, 
are they're just people, right? Like they're not they're not angels. They're not uh, brave necessarily brave or anything like that. Some I'm sure there are some people that are very very brave, but if you're in a bulletproof vehicle, then you have to get out to negotiate with the hostage. They're more likely to want to stay in a bulletproof vehicle. If you're in a non-bulletproof vehicle, you might as well get out and talk to the hostage. So this Bearcat actually incentivizes the police to not do their jobs. And to be more reckless. If if a suicidal maniac sees a Bearcat coming, what what do you think he would do? I, I don't know. I mean, usually it. Th- I, I have seen several stories of uh, uh, suicidal people. Uh, you know, people that are having they're in problems. The cops, the cops shoot them before they have a chance to shoot themselves. Um, you know, so what do you do? I don't know. It's a crazy situation. So, Marcus, I take it you're not a fan of uh, the idea of police militarizing themselves. No, you know, I had an incident where some police stole some money from me <laughs> a couple years ago. Really? Yeah. How much um, money? Um, it was about $86. What was um, the circumstance of that? Me and my brother-in-law was sitting in the parking lot of a Shell gas station. And uh, it, was, it was maybe about 10 o'clock at night. I was waiting on a friend to bring some DVDs. He was late, so I got tired of waiting. So as I was pulling off, three police cars pull up, shine all type of lights in my car. Tell me to put my hands out. Me and my brother-in-law, I guess if, if you can hear from my voice, I'm, you know, I'm African-American. Mm-hmm. Uh, Driving while black, car, as maybe. they say. Yeah. Uh, we get out the car. Where's the weed at? Do we have any grenades, anything? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Because there's a bunch of potheads driving around with grenades. Exactly. What? And, and I smoke a pipe. Uh, I, smoke a, I smoke a pipe with tobacco. Mm-hmm. I saw a pipe laying in, in my center console of my car. Next thing you know, we're on the ground, we're taking shoes off. They want to know what this is. They, they want they ran a dog around the car. They say the dog hit on something. I, we didn't have any marijuana in the car. But mm-hmm. I did have $86 in my center console. And uh, they pulling all type of stuff out of my car. Everything, papers, all type of, you know, just everything on my car. Next day, they just pulling it out all, all on the ground. And uh, after they didn't find anything, you know, me and my brother-in-law was putting all that stuff back in my car. And uh, $86 was gone. Huh. <laughs> and it, it was there before. How about that? So, yeah, yeah. So ever since then, you know, I never really had any respect for the police. And how old uh, were you at this time when this happened to you? How, how old was I? Yeah. 27, 27. 30 years old now. You know, frankly, that 86 bucks, um, you know, I'm sure that I, I agree with your opinion on it, but things could have been a lot worse. Uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, they could have shot and killed you. Uh, it, they could have. Just because they do that from time to the, time. The, the news stories I've seen, I mean, you just don't know. You don't know whether they're going to plant something because they uh, feel like it or if they're going to you know, find yeah. something that they think is marijuana and drag you guys in for a couple of days until they figure it out or mm-hmm. you know, just all well, kinds of things. Pipe and he asked, he asked me. He said, uh, what are you doing with that pipe? I said, well, I'll smoke tobacco. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, like, I guess... Just couldn't believe that. There are no 27-year-old black men that smoke tobacco. That's Th- there's a story of a, <laughs> of a doctor, an ophthalmologist, I believe, that uh, was running a, a, a football pool in his office. Yeah. They busted him, and, uh, you know, one of these trigger-happy goons shot him in the back of the head while he was kneeling handcuffed. Yeah, that's right. I mean, he wasn't struggling. I think it was just a misfire. But, you so, know, what happens to them? Yeah, I see what you're saying, Mark, to be out 86 bucks and, and not have to yeah. deal with anything and look, further. Yeah, it's really unfortunate that 
this goes on, and this, this happens probably every day in some some location yeah, across you know, this country. That's not the first time I you know had a run in with the police. It was just the first time you know something like that you know has happened to me as far as you know the taking money, having me laying on the ground. All I'm doing is waiting on a friend. You know, I had no idea when I left the house I'll be laying on the ground and having getting asked all type of questions like you know all that type of stuff. Marcus, thanks for calling. You know, and and sh- one more thing yes, before sir. I go, just one more thing. Yep. I, I, I called you called you guys last week. I did the experiment again. I don't care what you guys say. When, when you drink too much alcohol, I feel high. <laughs> I just <laughs> wanted, you remember when I called last week? Yeah. And, um, You're saying you feel high when you yeah. drink too much alcohol? Call yeah, I'm just I'm just trying to put it out there that um, when you drink when you consume alcohol, I think we should stop calling it drunk. You know, I, I called last week. Ah, yes, I, I did recall. Uh, if we, uh, you know, I just think we should call it being high. I think I any, you, any drug that you can that you consume, um, I think we should call it high. And by the way, I think the call with Jerome uh, Sunday was an excellent call. Missed that one. I wasn't here, unfortunately. Thank you, Marcus. I appreciate hearing from you tonight. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Some would say that alcohol is a depressant, so therefore it couldn't possibly get you high. But I guess it just all depends well, on your perspective. Yeah, he called in last week. and, and I recall, yeah. Yeah, I, I, once again, I, I think when your body is fighting for life, there's certain things that go on within the, the chemistry. And then mm-hmm. the brain does something because it's it's afraid of dying. And it's sort of, you feel a little high because, well, at least we're going to go out feeling okay. Yeah. <laughs> Toll free number eight five five four fifty three Zach in Minnesota on the amp lines. Hello, Zach. Uh, good evening, gentlemen. Hey. How are you? What's on your mind, Zach? Well, uh, I, I didn't want to talk about the Bearcat because it's, it seems that recently this has been the National Bearcat Show. But I, I just while I was sitting on hold, I, I looked. I found uh, the video that they used to promote this thing, and. Honestly, it looks a lot like some of the military's training videos. If it didn't say police on these guys' uniforms, mm-hmm. I, I would think it's the Army. I mean, the thing's painted desert brown, and it's just it's it's sick. The guys it's, are in I, camouflage. They've got machine guns. I mean, they look like the military. Yeah, it's just it's disgusting. And and I really I hope that you guys have some success to to defeat this thing, because that's just horrible. Well, it's hard for me to get my hopes up when it comes to uh, politicians defying yeah. the wishes of the police, uh, but certainly these politicians in Keene, New Hampshire, that have to make a choice on this in the next two weeks, it was, by the way, delayed. Uh, the vote on the Bearcat tonight was uh, was delayed because the, the, the gentleman who was the only city councilor to oppose it was not there tonight, so therefore he'll be at the next meeting, and they did put it off to that next meeting, which gives us an extra two weeks to, to you know reach out to these people and talk to them. I know you're calling for a different reason, so hang on, Zach. We'll bring you back here in hour number three. 855-450-FREE is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and this Bearcat story's blown up into a, a national international story. The Huffington Post covered it today. We can dig into that here in a little bit. More coming up. Free Talk Live. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 per month. You'll get perks and you'll help us free more minds worldwide. Visit amp.freetalklive.com This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Toll-free number for you, 855-450-FREE. 
That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site, so enjoy those on us. Once again, freetalklive.com. Here with you, it's Ian, JJ, and Mark. And, of course, you can bring up anything, 855-450-FREE. Also, uh, still to come here tonight, the Bearcat story that we've been talking about uh, quite a bit over the last few weeks in this program has hit national uh, it made it to the Huffington Post today. I guess you could call that international, I and mean, it's a pretty popular website. And we'll tell you more about uh, the Rad- big time about Radley Balco's uh, article, which is fantastic uh, on this issue. So that's uh, that's still to come here. But Zach is on the line in Minnesota, and Zach, uh, you called in toward the end of the last hour. We didn't really get a chance to get around to what you wanted to really talk about. So go ahead. Uh, yes, gentlemen, I'll jump right into it. Um, I just wanted to. I've got another one of my libertarian. Uh, conundrums for you okay um, sure uh, I, I don't want to put words in anyone's mouth so let me uh, see if i get this straight um would any of the three of you uh support 100 percent open borders anyone come and go to this rock as they please well of course yeah definitely i think that anyone who has property who wants to have people come on their property should be able to do that i mean obviously in an ideal liberty-oriented world we would have no public property whatsoever it would all be privately owned and operated and so therefore private property owners should be able to decide who they allow on or off their property i think to strike the root borders are a product of a governmental tyranny a, a regime if you will and they're imaginary for one now if you're talking about private property as in the property that you own as a landowner, a homeowner, whatever that it, whatever it may be, that's you know you you can definitely allow whoever you want to come on your property, but you can also disallow individuals, certain individuals or whatever from your property as well. I would say that um, there are steps to be taken from here to there. I believe that, uh, you know, philosophically, that free people should be able to cross the borders of free countries if if such a thing exists uh, freely. Otherwise, you don't have free people or free countries. All right. Um, well, the the next part of my my uh, scenario here is what say you to uh, epidemics on another landmass such as Asia? Um, I mean, we can we can start with maybe bird flu, but even you know go so far as uh, I, mean, I mean polio still exists in certain parts of the world. Barely. Uh, say a major say say a major epidemic breaks out. Uh, what's to stop people? who may be carriers of a disease, spreading it to other landmasses because they flock to where they think it's safe. What has stopped it so far? Uh, I guess I'm not sure. Nothing is the answer. The the, the answer is that I haven't heard yet of a single epidemic being stopped by um, anything that the government has done. So therefore, if one would claim that we need to have borders in order to secure the country, the last organization that you would want to have in charge of it is a ponderously slow, um, ineffective and unaccountable organization like the government. Well, can right? you imagine what it would be like if they had to swab everyone's mouth or something or take a blood uh, sample? That's before what they you should could, do. Before you can even cross the Mexican border, the Canada no, border? Every border. People coming in and going out of the country. I don't people care if they're going to the Bahamas. People coming into ports, coming on boats. Frankly, you need, to be able to, uh, you need to be able to isolate this stuff into states. I mean, pr- nobody should be able to get on a plane without taking a, a full physical. 
Yeah, that's what go. kind of crazy talk we're talking about yeah. here, and stopping these well, I think uh, it's, things it, from getting here. Yeah, it's personal responsibility. Like anything, you are personally responsible for your own safety and well-being. There's no one else that should be responsible for you taking care of yourself. So to to ask that sort of question sort of sort of implies that someone else should be responsible for protecting you from the epidemic. When in fact, you need to protect yourself, and you need to take steps in order to protect yourself from this. And maybe that means you don't go into work today because you you interact with people who might have the epidemic, or there might be a, a whole a range of of situations. One of the complaints about illegal aliens is that they um, that they're bringing drug resistant tuberculosis across leprosy. the border leprosy. and leprosy. Now I believe the drug resistant TB, but I believe that there's probably some here already. I don't believe the leprosy crap, but you know maybe there's a couple of isolated incidences. However, the complaint really outlines the futility of the whole idea of making somebody illegal alien anyway because the government wouldn't let these people in so therefore they snuck across the border anyway 20 million people are in this country illegally and the government has been ineffective in stopping them preventing them or kicking them out yeah um i'm not saying that uh it it should be the government or that they're even effective because uh uh, as you know i'm i'm just not a big subscriber to the state um i would i would like to see any alternative possible I'm just at a loss as giant, to what that would be. Giant overlord robots. Now, how about you just get together with your they community? They can squash everybody who has your, your a bad neighbors. Uh, how disease. You, how about you have an interaction with your neighbors and your community members or whoever lives around you and has a, a vested interest in your community being uh, healthy and protected and get together and actually talk to them about what's going on. Talk to them about situations and how to deal with emergencies. Like, let's say a neighbor has a fire and... You all want to meet at your house because, you know, it's a safe house, whatever, or you have food and blankets or, what you know, those sorts of things. If there was more interaction amongst individuals who live amongst each other instead of just burying yourselves in internets. I don't see how that uh, has any effect on this. I mean, people are going to get sick um, anyway. And, uh, you know, whether they've got polio, drug-resistant tuberculosis, or the avian flu, they're going to travel. And I don't think there's anything you can do about it because there's nothing being done about it. Well, I think JJ's, you know, right. It's certainly a good thing to know your neighbors. It's a good idea. But what's that have to do with diseases? Right. I'm not sure what that has to do with communicable disease. I think that has to do with, like, let's say everybody on your block doesn't have, or your your neighborhood isn't infected, your city isn't infected infected whatever you you talk talk amongst each other and you know if if an individual is if there's some questions it isn't just one person making making a decision about oh well well we can't allow this one person you know i disagree with with this person coming because they might have the disease they flew on a plane blah 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 and it, it becomes less of a a panic situation when everybody sort of has an idea of what what can happen what can go on and there's communication. When when you're simply relying on all your communication to come down from the emergency networks and the government and on your cell phone, your yeah, text message. Exactly. If you're if you're relying simply on the government to provide you with emergency alert information, then you're you're kind of hamstringing yourself. You should develop a community sort of alert situation of your own. Have your own private uh, market solution to this problem by communicating with your neighbors and building sort of situational. I guess, uh, responses that the community is all cool with. I would say odds are good if uh, the you know Black Plague comes back, 
a lot of people are just going to die, and there's not much that uh, we're going to be able to I do I think about that it. that's really the answer. I mean, the, the fact is that you can, you know, it's, it's, like the, uh, it's like the global warming conundrum. Like, okay, so the globe's warming. What are you going to do about it? Well, we'll get a big government program. We'll build giant whatevers. And you're not going to do anything Carbon about credits. it. Carbon um, credits. I mean, you know. The, and bear cats. Bearcats. Yeah. I mean, like you know, and this is even this is even a, a, a farther bugaboo. You're never going to be able to stop diseases from spreading. I mean, I suppose that you could send out an alert that says, "Hey, such and such is happening. All airlines should suspend uh, traffic." But I don't know. You know, maybe they will. Maybe they won't. Well, and maybe it'll do some good. And maybe it won't. One, I mean, AIDS got here. Uh, everything's moving around. Mad cows here. Whatever. One thing's for sure. Unless you want to completely restrict people's freedom of movement, as we mentioned before, with you know mouth swaps, blood samples, and total control at the you know every ent- possible entry point, which is you know insane and would completely destroy any commerce that was happening between countries because commerce requires people to cross uh, those borders to bring products over from one point to another. Uh, that would completely destroy commerce, therefore harm the economy. I mean, in a far greater way than you know the risk, the paranoia essentially is what we're talking yes. about of something happening. I mean, it basically, the government out there putting forth this idea that we need to have border controls because uh, of some communicable disease is just appealing to people's fear. I mean, it's just appeal. It's it's a fear mongering, uh, paranoid basis exactly. of increasing the level of control over people, which in reality will of course do nothing. It'll just be a theater. It'll be another form of theater it'll be another form of security theater because reality is we need products to cross the border so we can have an economy that functions and without that uh you know we're going to have a really bad time yeah zach I, I hope that helped thanks i think it, it the news and the government are good at providing panic news panic situational yep. sort of fear-mongering and if you rely on that for your information you're going to just get swept up in that fear yep just live your life and try not to worry about uh you know epidemics because there's no point in worrying about it i mean you suppose you could walk around with a mask on at all times and stay be really house. paranoid and stay in your home more coming up here 855-450 free what's is that an enjoyable life this program is brought to you by freekeen.com freekeen.com features audio video and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard freekeen.com This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free and bring up anything you want. The number, 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And here in the studio tonight, it's Ian. JJ. And Mark. We invite you to the website, freetalklive.com is where you can go. You can enjoy the various features you will find there, and they're free. Stuff like our archives and the, uh, of course, you can go back all the way to as late as tooth or as early as 2006, way back. All of it totally free at freetalklive.com. You know, buy your gold and precious metals from those uh, those those big hustlers out there. I mean, whenever when I went and uh, tried to buy from one of these companies, all the sales guy did was try to divert me from getting the gold that I wanted to have and invest in, and uh, get me to do, you know get some numismatics. They make it very difficult to comparison chop. Check out gold.freetalklive.com. The prices are right there. You can order online. You can call the telephone number. Um, it's gold.freetalklive.com. Not only when you uh, do you get some of the best rates when you buy a gold.freetalklive, but you help Free Talk Live, too. It's gold.freetalklive.com. All right. So uh, our number again here, 855-450-FREE. Right back into your phone calls. Josh was in Oklahoma. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, JJ, and Mark. 
Hey, gang, I have to cry BS on the statement that diseases are going to spread. You can't stop them from spreading. Therefore, there should be no border check. This is Joshua. So that border check is it with is. government control or some other kind of control. We know for a fact that you can't turn away people with communicable diseases that you don't want to spend the time and money to treat in your body politic. And you can and you will reduce them. We're seeing now in Britain because they've had to open their border uh, at least among other things, to uh, people from Eastern Europe, where the communist bloc did not take care of its people. They're seeing diseases like tuberculosis resurgent, which have been almost completely eradicated. And what's almost completely eradicated, I kind of think I have a right to have remain almost completely eradicated. Well, I don't think you have any right to remain free from disease, um, but what would you propose, Joshua? Try, try, Try to spread a disease to me and see how much rights I have in that regard. Seriously. Well, I hear this kind of a lot on this show. They, they just they, they just kind of uh, you know spread though. I mean, there's not much you can do about it. Yes, you can. When you have some area where a group of people agree, we'll let people in with this disease. You can keep those people out. You can do a medical check before they come in. It's called a national border. So, what would you propose? What's the problem you want me to solve with this? Well, obviously, people are able to cross the border, so-called, this imaginary line in the sand, in mass. I mean, you've got probably, what? Citizens and non-citizens alike. I don't even know how many people per day cross the southern and northern borders of this country. I don't know how many people per day pull in and out of the ports on the eastern and western uh, sides of this country. So, I mean, we're probably talking about hundreds of thousands of human beings coming in and out of this country every single day. Uh, What what would you propose? I mean, if it's so a reasonable fear to be concerned about uh, communicable disease. I'm concerned about it. I just don't think there's anything you do about any it. Any one of those people could be carrying it. So what would you propose? Because right now they're all coming and going just, you know, pretty much without any kind of restriction besides paperwork. Okay. Well, the people that you normally call in about the border want it to be controlled like it used to be, where the, you had a small enough number of people that were sneaking in illegally that the diseases they were bringing was a small and manageable problem. A few dozen cases a year instead of a few thousand cases a year. Nobody's saying it can be entirely eradicated, although I think with time it could be. But the way that it was controlled in the past was that that, um, immigration was less stringent, so therefore more people could get through. And, um, you know, now we've cracked down on immigration. The United States government has cracked down on immigration. So it kind of shows the harder that you squeeze, the more sand goes through your fingers. Are we talking about immigration or illegal invasion? Are we talking about people who do the paperwork and go through the medical checks, which still exist? Or are we talking about people who sneak across the border? That is not immigration, sir. But I don't think you can stop. I mean, like, if I have some, you know, some terrible disease. I think what we should, okay, the solution is clearly to put armed guards at every single border crossing there is. There is armed guards with, at border crossing. Well, no, no, even even at the places that don't have guards now, I mean, they're slipping through. So we need more guards. There are Indian nations actually on the border that, that, that span the border, and it would be interesting to find out how we would handle that particular instance too. Well, it's for the good what of all the people. Okay, I haven't heard any proposal, Joshua. Maybe I'm just a little unclear what you're saying. I haven't heard you define define the the problem that you want me to propose a proposal to. Well, you're the one who's suggesting. If I misunderstood you, please correct me. But it seems like you're yeah. the one who's suggesting that that needs to be some sort of control on the border to stop people with communicable diseases from coming in the country. I'm saying that there used to be. The, the main reason I called is because the stance that you two were taking was because we cannot make it zero, we shouldn't do anything. 
Uh, well, right. I, I, no, no, no. My, my stance is freedom is important to me, and I'd rather not have my freedoms restricted for the paranoia about whether or not someone's going to come here with a disease when right now there's nothing stopping some Mexican trucker from coming across the border and not having to, to – you know, there's nothing that's getting in the way yeah, of all think- the – I don't think there's any medical tests at a lot of these border crossings. I don't think there's any checks at all. Right. A lot of the people who get on the planes and fly, they don't have any sort of tests. I've been to Canada. Travelers, I, that's the immigrators. I drove up to Canada, and they just looked at my passport and let me right in. They didn't swab my mouth or take a blood sample. So, I mean, Canada's that, a straw man. Canada's a straw man. What? Excuse the me? straw man that? argument. Their health department, their, their general level of health and immunity is the same as ours. It's a straw man. Don't bring it up. But my point is I can cross the border without any effort. I mean, what, what do you think? Diseases come from people, and there are people that are crossing these borders. It's the borders. only border he's crossed. Okay, the no, border I've gone internationally and via, via boat before, too. Um, but you've got people coming in off of – you've got longshoremen. You've got people coming in off of, uh, of, of boats from international countries all over the place that are moving product from, from point A to point B. Those people aren't being checked. So yeah. are you going to propose medical checks? Oh, no, checks? no, no. That is a false statement, sir. That is a false statement. To get your licensing in uh, uh, Merchant Marine anywhere in the world, to be properly accredited, to go in and out of any port, you go through, you produce documentation that you got certain shots, that you... Every time you leave the port, please. No, no, not every time you leave the port, but within the ports that do these checks... So you get the check first. Within the ports that do these checks, if you stay within those ports, there are diseases they know they don't need to worry about. If you leave and go to some other country... Let's let's say you're Hoppa, you're gonna you're a, a, a mechanic on a ship, and you go to some place where I don't know, just to pick one out of my ear, leprosy is real common, and I have no idea how contagious leprosy is. I know it's a bacillus, so I'm assuming it is. I don't know anything. Then, about when you come back into this network of countries where leprosy is almost completely unknown, then they yes, they are going to make you go through a check, it's keeping your license up to date. Yes, sir, that is part of the what process. What about people on cruise ships? There, there may very well be licenses for merchant marines, and it sounds you know, again, fine. Again, with the cruise ships, it's like going from Tennessee to Kentucky. When you take a cruise ship to Alaska or Norway, the health level and the the uh, medical systems are so similar that there's not a medical check required. There I, are to other countries. There is a rating, and it's it's. With your passport, when you're going to go to a certain place, you're going to be there. They tell you these are the shots you got to have. Now, I've been, and if you don't get those shots, you can leave, but you can't come back. I've been to 13 or 15 countries, uh, mostly via cruise ship: uh, Italy, uh, Greece, Heraklion, Greece, uh, Crete. How about Haiti? Uh, the, the middle, yeah, Haiti. I flew into uh, the the. As a matter of fact, I didn't need any shots for that. Just flew huh. right in. Took a private plane. It was pre 9/11. Didn't you go to a hospital in Haiti? I went to a the, hospital like in there? Haiti uh, in Deschampal, Haiti. I didn't need anything up to these. I mean, so you know, they may license merchant marines, and okay, but that they're not they're not stopping right. the average traveler. One, one license no, that you not. get one time, and thanks, Joshua, for the call. One license that you get one time isn't going to stop you from getting diseases ten years or five years down the line or whatever when you go into some port somewhere yep. with some dirty boaters, some sailmen. Know, let's talk about this a little bit more. Yeah, I got more coming up. Eight five five four fifty free. 
You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. Toll-free at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site, so enjoy those on us. Once again, freetalklive.com. Here tonight, it's Ian. JJ. And Mark. And don't forget, Free Talk Live is brought to you by SACL-CAI. If you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of accounts receivable, SACL CAI can do it. They do collections, early outbilling, and they purchase charged off receivables. The principal over there, Jason Osborne, is a big supporter of Free Talk Live, big supporter of Liberty. You can see their banner, freetalklive.com. It's the top one on the right-hand side of the page. It's SACL CAI. All right. So uh, once again, 855-450-FREE is the toll-free number. We'll continue with your calls in a moment. But, Mark, you seem to think that you wanted to share some more on this uh, paranoia about the idea that there's commun- people with communicable diseases out there. I know that there, paranoia. And so this, it's real that people have communicable diseases. Yes, but if you are constantly trying to stop people from coming and going from one place based on the fear that one of them might infect everyone, then you're, you're living your life based in fear and based on paranoia that something awful might happen. So therefore, everyone should have their freedom restricted is what the uh, last caller was advocating that people should have their freedoms restricted we need to have medical well, tests everybody needs to be checked before they come in and out of the country and it's just well it, i think that the suggestion crazy. is and it, it, it's you know that um yeah that you're trying that a border the borders are legitimate and i believe in private borders i believe that if a group of people get together and say that we're going to have a border here that that border is legitimate if they own that land however what i don't think is legitimate is uh you know i, I don't think that you can have a group of people that threatens a bunch of other people and kills a bunch of other people and then draws a line on a map and says this here's our border and we're going to protect it whether you whether you the citizen like it or not i personally want people to be able to travel across the border significantly more freely but when talking about the area of communicable diseases what what this was the last uh, the last rivet on my border conversation i had with myself many years ago mm-hmm. and i think that you know yeah there are people coming across the border with drug resistant tuberculosis and maybe they've got leprosy and they could have SARS and the bubonic plague or whatever they could have all these things and if you just want to set up border checkpoints where you test people for for diseases and turn away or uh, uh, you know I guess you're going to incarcerate people uh, who don't want to be quarantined you know whatever you're going to do with these border crossings I, I you know fine and dandy but understand that somebody who knows that they They've got drug-resistant tuberculosis and has been turned away or whatever. They're going to slide across the border unless you do something that costs significantly more than what we're doing. This nation is broke and it's not very good at stopping illegal immigration. All you have to do is take a look at the fence that the government built and, uh, you know, go go look for border fence on uh, YouTube. You know, kids scale border fence. I saw some the teenagers, teenage girls, the teenage girls going up that fence in less than a, 10 seconds. I mean, the government can't secure this situation. And this is what I, the, the conclusion I came to. Yeah, I think that this is an important issue. 
but do I don't you, know how you're going to handle it. Do you think if, if there were no public property, if everything was private property, you think this would still be such an issue? Well, I think if you, if you were dealing with as much smaller, essentially nations of, of private property, then you know some people would be you know more and less open to these things, and you would see how these things go. Right. It sounded but, like Joshua wanted to go and live on a you know some plot of land where people could you know be very restrictive as far as who comes in and who goes, and that's fine. If that's you, if you want to have a little private neighborhood where everybody has to get a lot of people swabbed. do essentially that. I mean, th- that's what that's what deed restricted well, communities. I've been to private really neighborhoods, but are. I've never gotten a mouth swab to, uh, to go into them. But if that's where you want to live, then maybe you can find some other people sure. that want to live like well, if, that. If you can walk only, around with masks. If you're on. only allowing people that live there, people that have been invited by those that live there, you're going to di- significantly diminish mm-hmm. the amount of diseases coming in and going out. However, what you're dealing with is many of these countries that have situations like polio. They don't have much for immigration control, so people can go there. They do whatever aid they do. They bebop over, for, um, you know from uh, uh, Karzai's hangout in, in Afghanistan on over to Bombay. Then they hit, uh, you know, Hong Kong, and then they're flying back into uh, the United, back to the United States. What are you going to do about United States citizens that have these things? Exactly. You know, what about vaccines? I suppose you can vaccinate. If you just have vac- vaccination ki- kiosks at the border, I'm fine with that. I don't that. think vaccination is going to protect be you from leprosy. Pro- What's that? I don't I, think that you can I don't vaccine think it, it won't do everything. That right. much is true. I'm looking for steps towards more freedom, and the government uses the border as a huge springboard for tyranny. Yeah, I, as far as I'm concerned, if uh, the government wasn't around, then the marketplace would come up with ways to deal with these whatever these diseases the are government's that the are threatening us. That is, uh, you know, they're stifling innovation in medicine. So they then they sure use uh, the stifle, uh, the stifling of travel, the right to travel, in order to because they've stifled medicine. Let's go to you and your thoughts. Uh, Mark is in Indy. Mark, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian JJ and another Mark. Hey, what's going on, guys? Can you guys hear me? Okay. Yeah, just great. Go ahead. Um, well, just a comment about what you guys are talking about. Penn and Teller did a great bit on this about the whole border concept. Yes, they did. On their show. Um, also, I was wondering if you guys might know of, like, a, um, a machine, a device, or a process that could cut down, like, uh, for instance, one ounce of silver into notes or certificates or something like that? To cut down a physical ounce of silver into certificates? Yeah, I mean, to essentially oh. use that for future currency, right? You know, people are buying silver now, ounces, that kind of thing, gold. Um, I'm thinking silver might be the best form because one ounce of silver is about, what, $40 now? And if you cut that down into, like you know, 40 different pieces and make, you know, essentially paper out of it or something like that. Well, I, don't, um, I, I mean, I'm no expert on how to make currency, but I, I don't know how well or successful you're going to be at pressing silver into paper. Uh, but there have been warehouse, what they call warehouse receipts, where essentially you would put silver into a bank, into some sort of a depository institution, and then they would issue a receipt to you saying that you have an ounce of silver in our vault, and then you can trade those receipts around to other people. That would be one way to handle that. Okay, I don't know if it could be, um, you know, I'm sure you could cut it down, think- but I'm just thinking people want to see some kind of, they want to see, you know, a YouTube video, they want to see some kind of proof that it can be cut down and that can be converted into paper, like a paper certificate, right? Well, you can't actually convert the silver into a paper certificate. The certificate just tells you that you have the silver somewhere with some certified uh, holder or agency. I think what you're talking about is simply melting silver and then recasting it into or minting it into smaller coins is kind of what you're – at least that's what I'm I'm led to understand. Yeah, yeah, something like that, something along those lines, anything that can work on a small level, you know, like we use the dollar bill today. 
I think you would probably be best off looking into making your own sort of minting forge, or you'd have to require some heat to melt the silver. Well, this of is this sounds like uh, pork. Is it pork silver? Um, the little cards they're making out of uh, small pieces of silver. Shire silver. Shire, Shire, Shire. I'm not a fan of of that uh, particular product because when I look at that, I don't know if I'm looking at silver, if I'm looking at a piece of aluminum. I, I don't know they're what the quality cer- is. Self certified. I mean, you need a, you need a uh, second. Well, you know, that's the, a big problem here. Is is looking at a at this product? Does it have have legitimacy? Does it have sure. uh, value to it? Is it something you can look at and say, "Yeah, this looks real," uh, or "I trust this company," or "This company has reputation." And so the same thing. Anti-counterfeiting measures are important in creating currency, right? So that that same question will have to be answered whether you're taking an ounce of silver and cutting it into you know a, a dozen pieces, or if you're taking that ounce of silver and creating a warehouse receipt and issuing a receipt in paper form to someone. If that receipt's not coming from a company that has reputation in the marketplace, it won't be easily accepted. Uh, right. Whereas if that that receipt is coming from a company that everybody knows exists and everybody knows is good to you know that this company's good at holding silver you know we don't have any questions as to whether or not it's actually there it's being audited etc then that would work uh, but trying to pass off silver pieces to people brings in the question of well is this legitimate is this a real piece of silver is this something with a silver coating on it so there are all kinds of issues that need to be overcome uh, with the idea of making silver into a more common currency and I think that again that's something that the marketplace will have to decide through competition through open competition as to what the best ways of getting silver into people's hands are because to some extent the reason why warehouse receipts came about uh, was because you know people didn't want to carry a bunch of gold and silver around with them it was uh, you know a little bit riskier it was also a lot heavier as well you can carry several ounces of silver in your pocket versus a few pieces of paper it makes a big difference i hope that helps answer your question mark thanks for the call tonight 855-453 that's the SACL CAI toll free line you can bring up anything that you want to control of the airwaves even in the remaining moments which are next 855-453 this is free talk live On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. Talk live only moments remain, but still time for you and your thoughts at 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that we give to you there. And if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, you may do so. All you have to do is join the AMP program. Go to amp.freetalklive.com. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the idea is simple. You send in 3 bucks a month with any major credit card via PayPal or Visa or MasterCard right on our website. We'll take that 3 bucks. We'll invest it into the show, get on more radio stations around the country, and bring more Internet listeners on board as well. Uh, once again, head to amp.freetalklive.com. Again, amp.freetalklive.com. 
com. And don't forget, you can uh, visit JJ uh, via Free Keen TV, which is your current uh, activism project that you've been working very hard on for the last six plus months here right. in Keene, New Hampshire. And of course, uh, there aren't too many liberty-oriented television shows out there, uh, JJ, and Free Keen TV is one of uh, a very a very few. That's right. And I'm also looking to do work uh, making advertisements, video advertisements, graphics, and doing video work for monies. How can people get in touch with you for that? Or see a demo reel slash get in touch yeah, with I'm you? Yeah, I'm working on that actually right now. I'm putting together a, a pro- portfolio right, of cool. work. Will there be like a website that we yes, can point people will. to? Yes, there Perfect. All right, we'll wait on that. And we'll, uh, when it's ready, we'll let people know. Uh, in the meantime, you can see some of JJ's work over at uh, tv.freekeen.com. Excellent. On a weekly basis, by the way, yep. that uh, show is produced. So uh, 855-450-FREE, right back into you and your phone calls here. Let's talk to Tim in Indy, listening to WXNT. Hello, Tim. Hello. Hey, Tim. What's on your mind tonight? Well, um, you guys were talking about money, uh, paper money, like that. Yes, sir. And uh, I don't know, what's the difference between one zero and two zeros if it's paper? And I, I don't know. I just want to know your thoughts on that. I, I don't understand it's the question. All made the same thing. Well, are you talking about government paper money or other paper money? Yes, tender, legal tender. Oh well, there isn't a difference, right? Because it's all fiat. It's all it's all printed. Uh, they say it is. Right, right. They they say it is, and people believe that there's a difference. So therefore, there's you know in people's minds, there's a difference. There's an artificial scarcity due due to their laws uh, against counterfeiting. And I think right. you can certainly so see in it. Go ahead. Than the other one, what makes it different? That's my question. Yeah, just people's imaginations, I guess. I mean, when you certainly can look at places like Zimbabwe and other uh, other locales where uh, they've gone through hyperinflation, and we've seen uh, situations where a billion dollar note won't even buy you a loaf of bread. So clearly, the zeros at a certain point, once they get past the you know crazy levels of inflation, uh, they really don't make a difference at all. And this guy is talking about silver. Over gold, I mean, I, I would rather have gold, I guess. Well, I'll take either. I mean, silver and gold are both uh, valuable because they have market uses. Uh, there are people out there demanding silver and gold so uh, they can make products with well, them. Silver is a lot easier to exchange in many occurrences, especially if you're buying or you're exchanging for a small amount of value on the other end. Now, with gold, like let's say if you had a, a one-ounce gold round – if you don't plan on buying, you know, sixteen hundred uh, fiat dollars worth of value, then if the person doesn't have change for you, you're going to get into some sort of quandary with whether credit is there or if now that now the person has a debt to you because they couldn't have given you enough change because you didn't sort of exchange enough value for that coin. Whereas silver is easier to, I guess, do that same thing because you have, you know, smaller denominations. Strangely, as far as supply and demand goes, though, I mean, it's uh, you know, silver as I've heard. There is less silver in the world than there is gold, but the price is significantly higher of gold. So I guess the demand's higher. Tim, I guess I thought the price of gold was higher than silver. It is. It is. Yes. So you're saying, Mark, that the demand is higher for gold than it is for silver. But there's less gold. The supply of silver is lower than the supply of gold. However, the demand must be significantly higher for gold because you would think that something that is more scarce would be more valuable. Sure. Anything else you want to comment on, Tim? No, I guess that was it. Thanks for the call, man. Appreciate hearing from you tonight. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 
huge uh, explosion of exposure for the Keene Bearcat situation, which is the reason why I was out for the first hour tonight. I was at uh, a city council meeting to oppose this tank that uh, the police department's looking to get. There are 300 of these things in use at various different police departments around the country. Odds are good if you live in a medium to large size city. Your department has at least one of these things. And uh, they're designed to, you know, intimidate people. They they look scary and they uh, they also are also designed to um, basically militarize the police, turn them into an even more militaristic force than they've ever been in the past. And a lot of people around here at least oppose that idea. There's been major pushback uh, in the form of uh, uh, counter-protests, outreach, uh, media being created, people in the Keene area, not just free staters, liberty activists, but people all over the place are very upset about this thing coming here. And it's splashed into national news now thanks to Radley Balco, who is a writer over at the Huffington Post, which is a fairly popular uh, website. He's written up a lengthy piece. We're not going to share the whole thing with you here, but you can go to freekeen.com and you can find it linked to there. But what I thought was most most interesting in this piece are some of the quotes from Jim Massery. Now, Jim Massery is the head of sales for Lenko. This is the company that manufactures the Bearcat attack yeah. truck. And some of the things he had to say here were uh, were pretty amusing. Looking at uh, what people are are uh, you know are uh, how they're opposing his his tank. And by the way, he did uh, they did comment to us the bank, the Bearcat salespeople that they'd never experienced opposition like this. He backs away from any responsibility for the way the police departments use the trucks. Obviously, we know they're going to be using them in drug raids and other raids on peaceful people's homes yep. and violent, things like that. Violent raids. He says he has nothing to do with that. He's just you know making the trucks, so therefore he's not responsible for that. And uh, the article goes on to talk about Free Keen, links to Free Keen, and uh, mentions how. And I think a lot he's of- uh, to some extent he's right. I mean, if somebody runs over their their um, you know wife with a car, that doesn't mean the car manufacturer's uh, at fault. Sure, I understand that. But if you sell something to someone with the knowledge of how they're going to use it, to some extent, I think there's a responsibility there. Like if you walk into a gun store and you say, "I'm going to kill my wife today. Let me buy that gun on the counter," then. I think at some point yeah. you as a vendor have the, you know, the responsibility to say, you know what, I don't need to make the sale that bad. Have a nice day. I think you should. Right. Uh, so anyway, anyway, after talking about free keen, uh, Mastery says, these people are crazy. They hate cops. They hate the government. They remind me of the Jehovah's Witnesses who take on the Red Cross. Why is anyone listening to them? <laughs> wow! Yeah, <laughs> pulling his hair out, going, "Why, why, why am I having these problems? Why am I having to come to Keene and and sit in this boring city council?" He doesn't uh, have to come. Meeting. Oh, he did because he wanted to save his sales. Right, he, he, yeah. he could have stayed gone. But well, uh, no, I don't hate cops. I actually gave a cop a hug the other day. As a matter of fact, I don't have any problem with cops. Just because they're cops, what I have a problem with is the police doing the wrong thing and hurting what, peaceful people. What about them pulling their videos? How does that, you know... You can't if, even see their photo if, gallery yeah, anymore if, if online. Keen, really? If Keen yeah. is crazy, if, if these people are crazy, why did Lenko pull their videos and their pictures and such? Yeah, shouldn't they be proud of their product and put it out exactly. there? Exactly. Uh, and by the way, the article then goes on to point out that uh, it's not just free staters or liberty activists that are involved in this. Uh, there's a local New Hampshire native who is uh, who has been spearheading this. Uh, and they, they 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 have some business owners here that they quote. Uh, the owner of the Mexican restaurant downtown has a great quote in here. She says that uh, this is a big topic. 
in this small town, and I haven't met a single person who is in favor, says the owner of the uh, local Mexican restaurant. She says, Keene's a beautiful place. It's gorgeous, and it's safe, and we love it here. We just don't want to live in the kind of place where there's an armored personnel carrier parked outside of City Hall. I mean, it's completely unnecessary, but it's more than that. It's just not who we are. And she says they try to say it's free. Well, it isn't free. Taxpayers are still paying to put this militaristic thing in our town. And it isn't about the money anyway. It's about what kind of town we want to be. And I don't want to live in a town where the police think that they're the military. Right. And the city council, you know, they're they're the same sort of extension of the police. They, they, you know, because they're thinking like we heard, we heard now Mayor Kendall Lane in a video, uh, the first committee meeting about this. Oh, we're going to get ourselves a tank. Yeah. You know. (laughs) It's it's just like like a child at Christmas Day yep. waiting to open up that present and, and unwrap that armored personnel carrier. I'm looking at uh, their Facebook page at uh, Linko Armored Vehicles uh, at Facebook.com, and I'm looking at what well, three posts down. Here's uh, Appleton. Well, I guess this is in uh, Wisconsin. Police mm-hmm. Department posing with their Linko Bearcat. Great pick, guys. Keep up the good work and stay safe. I mean, these guys look like they're ready to protect and serve somebody to death real quick. Yep. It's, it's all scary. black. Except for the, the the blue and red flashing lights in the yep. front of the Linko vehicle, and these cops are pointing their guns all over the place with the uh, the lights and that kind of thing. I mean, I, you know, I mean, <laughs> this is this. If you go to their their website, is you see that it is a it's a weapon of war. Now, I don't think you're going to keep this uh, this vehicle out of Keene. I don't think you're going to have a lot of success. Well, Nasri doesn't think so. He says that we have Bearcats in ninety percent of the or ninety percent of the hundred or so largest cities in America. This is going to happen. It has already happened to resist now would be like saying police officers should scrap the Glock and go back to the revolver. It's a fantasy. So he's pretty he's pretty certain he's got this one in the bag. But it's not over yet. We've got another two weeks as they put off the vote on this thing, so anything can happen. Stay tuned. More coming up. FreeTalkLive.com Where do you want to go today? It's the 1,000 Places Travel Minute with Patricia Schultz, renowned travel expert and author of the number one New York Times bestseller, 1,000 Places to See Before You Die, with one more place to add to your traveler's life list. Spain's Alhambra is one of my 1,000 places to see before you die. With the white peaks of the Sierra Nevada rising behind it, the 14th century palace complex of the Alhambra in Granada is breathtaking. For almost 250 years, this red fortress served the Moorish rulers of Granada as palace, harem, and residence for court officials. Catholic monarchs Ferdinand and Isabel moved into the palace in 1492, and, tradition holds, it was there that they signed the final exploration papers with Christopher Columbus in its Hall of Ambassadors on April 17th of that year. Andalusia is the birthplace of flamenco. Follow the locals who pack dark, no-frills venues to watch captivating performances by both the rising stars and respected masters. For more tips and information on the very best places to visit on your travels, please visit Patricia Schultz at 1000places.com. Do you know over 6 million people a year visit the Eiffel Tower? What you may not know is that just around the corner is a hidden cafe with the best croissants in Paris. When you travel with Trafalgar, you'll travel with an insider who will show you must-see sites and share unique experiences. So call 1-866-544-4434 today for a free brochure or visit us at Trafalgar.com. See the world from the inside with Trafalgar. 